debates, roasting, and fun in Jeet Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Ring Rust, a pro wrestling podcast by Jeek Nation. I am your host, Rockin' Mr. Magic, and I am excited to bring you today's episode. Well, joining me, as always, is my tag team partner, the Cold Heart, JT. My man, what's up? I am having a wonderful day today. You know, we're kind of switch roles. Usually I'm the grumpy one, but today I'm the one who's in a good mood, at least until we talk about SummerSlam. And uh, and you get to be the grumpy one. I'm not grumpy. I just got, you know, some frustrating things going on with some, you know, 2009 technology. But, you know, hey, that's ha- that happens. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So we have some topics to talk about today. Uh, there was had a big weekend, which doesn't make much sense since we just had a big weekend. Uh, and that weekend entailed TakeOver 30 and SummerSlam. So those are going to be our primary topics for today. We've got some quick topics as well that we're going to get into. So jumping right into things. First thing I want to get your thoughts on, some speculation out there in the interwebs. Uh, About two weeks ago, Natty Neidhart posted a video on her Instagram of her husband, Tyson Kidd, running the ropes and looking very spry. Uh, If you listeners don't know, Tyson Kidd suffered a career-ending injury and has not wrestled since. He broke his C1 vertebrae. uh, Correct. Which is fatal something like 90% of the time or something like that. It's what happened to Christopher Reeve uh, that put him in a wheelchair forever. So it wasn't just a career-ending injury. It was an extremely serious career-ending injury. You know, we see people blow a knee, and and then that's it. But this is something that uh, literally could have killed him. Correct. Uh, and the fact that he he walks is it's a, a miracle. It's a miracle in itself, exactly. Yeah. Walking, running, just being ambulatory is is crazy with that injury. Um, but because of this video, which Natty quickly took down, has spurned some speculation that Tyson may uh, eventually return in the ring. And obviously the in-ring returns of people like Daniel Bryan and Edge and such have given fans a hope that they may see Tyson Kidd again in the ring. Well, Do you, what are your thoughts on... First of all, let's be clear. I love Tyson Kidd. I think he's great. I love his tag team with Cesaro and with Davy Boy Jr. But he's not in the same category as Daniel Bryan or Edge. Uh, you right. know, you're talking about two Hall of Famers versus a guy who was known as a decent hand. Um, not, and, and I'm not disparaging him or discrediting him at all. He's a great worker. Uh, I don't think it had the same impact. And I think for the risk to quality of life, it would be the dumbest thing TJ could do to come back mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, I know about neck injuries. 
you know, you know, living with them. Yeah, I'm very intimately familiar with them and um, have the scars to prove it. Literally, uh, for me, just knowing the risk that it, it takes me to do certain things, the idea of getting in a ring uh, and not not running ropes per se, but taking a bump. Right. You know, it only takes it would only take one bad bump for, for his quality of life to go away. And he's got a a pretty decent quality of life working uh behind the scenes. Uh you know, he's got a beautiful wife and he's got uh yes, he they seem to have a great relationship. I understand the love of wrestling. I, I love wrestling. I have you know, I grew up wrestling, you know, with with franchise and other people not because i ever thought i would be rick flair but because i just love wrestling mm -hmm. you know it's it's in my blood you know and it's something i try to pass on to my daughter but as much as i love it as much as i've seen other people love it you have to be reasonable and say and you know what? even rowing in the ropes maybe not the ropes in wwe because they use ropes and not cables but you know you whack the cable the wrong way, or that cable's wound too tight in a you know AEW or Ring of Honor ring, mm -hmm. and something can go bad, wrong in a hurry, or even running the ropes. It wouldn't be the first time a, a, a WWE rope broke and someone fell out. Yeah, and so uh, I just I don't see the logic in him. Uh, you know even. You know, taking spots in the ring. I concur. I mean, it's not the, the casual person does not know the severity of the injury he suffered. Um, you do. Um, anyone similar to your situation, they know. Um, but most people do not. And I, I would not want him to risk it. Um, no. He would have had to have a miraculous complete you know healing in that aspect for me to say you know tyson you know sure go ahead get back in the ring like you said and he's got a great quality of life right now working his wife is working they're paid they're compensated well you know it to me would not be worth the risk to to do it um and it was a freak accident on a pretty safe bump too right so yeah it's not like a dangerous bump you know, right. for that to happen. Exactly. So, but that's why we don't see the muscle buster anymore. That's true. And, and the muscle buster, if it is really a safe, a simple bump, especially the way Joe did it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just a freak accident. And that's, and that's the way this business is, is it can, you can do crazy things, you know, every night. And then one simple bump can put you out. Yeah, you know, I mean, saying you could be New Jack or you know any of these guys doing insane bumps, and insane spots, and have nothing happen to you, and you could just take a simple back body drop and and knock a vertebrae out. Well, look at Masawa. He took a, a yeah. German suplex, not, not even German, a, a, a side uh, belly back suplex, and it killed him. Yeah, you know. So, it, it, you know, it, I mean, and that's about as simple of a spot as there is, you know. 
Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's it, we just saw uh, Killer Cross do it off the second rope. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen uh, just from not tucking your head the right way. Uh, you sure. know, or, or you know what have you. So being that here I got hurt on a what's generally considered a safe bump. Uh, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. So uh, next quick hit on this episode of Breaking Ring Rust, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, NBA star, all-around entertaining gentleman, recently signed a new deal with Warner Media, and that deal is rumored to include an AEW appearance. Shaq has already stated he would like to work with Cody Rhodes. Now, would you be interested in a one-off with Shaquille O'Neal in AEW? No, no. The only thing that's ever interested me about Shaq was him and Big Show and yeah. having a battle with two legit giants. And I know that doesn't make for an exciting match a lot of times, but the thing is, is Cody is such a, a smooth and polished worker, and he's so fast mm-hmm. and that at – you know, even I'm sure Shaq's still in great shape, but at, even at his age, he's not going to be able to keep up with Cody. Uh, and then what we do is we have Cody slow down, and Cody's supposed to be a baby face, so we're going to have a match where Shaq dominates and Cody sells. I mean, yeah, I can't, how, 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 how is that, that going to work? work? No, yeah. I mean, if yeah, we Shaq talking, was going to. Yeah, we were talking Shaq, young Shaq, that'd be something different. Right. But if you have. If Shaq was ever going to do anything, it should have been a few years ago at, at WrestleMania when they teased it and they were building it up. And people and wanted to see it. Yeah, he dropped the ball with it. Yep. Um, but it would have been interesting to see, you know, I, I don't think it would have been good. Okay, let me just say that. But it would have at least been interesting and probably somewhat entertaining. Yeah, it would have been fun. To see, see if Shaq could slam Big Show and see right. Big Show put the choke slam on Shaq and things like that. I agree. But, yeah, but yeah, as far as there's nobody in AEW I'd like to see him work with um, at all. And I'm pretty high on some of the AEW guys, mm-hmm. especially Paige. Um, but yeah, him him and Cody, that would just be, you know, it would be a David and Goliath match. Right. Uh, but is Shaq a talented enough giant to tell that story too? Because there have been plenty of giants that were bad in the ring. We, we take for granted how good Show is and how good Andre was when he was young. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. there are things they can do other people couldn't do. There have been a lot of giants in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, But if you look at you know Silo Sam, Little John, whatever you want to call him, um, you, know, you look at Giant Gonzalez, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who uh, was just clumsy, you know. I mean, he was he was an awesome spectacle to look at. And they didn't... Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't book him the right way. The only time he was mildly good was when he was working with Taker. Um, that was still pretty bad. Yeah, oh yeah, that was... I, I'm, I'm getting ready on a curve here, you know. <laughs> I, saw, yeah. I saw a match he had with Muda in Japan. That was just a train wreck. Yeah, I, I can't, I mean, for me, if anything happened in AEW, that would be possibly enjoyable 
it would be Shaq, you know, making a save and like showing it, using his size to take out a lot of people. Like if, um, let's say someone's, uh, someone's feuding with the dark order. And so Shaq takes out, you know, the, the 800 little guys in masks that, that they right. have or whatever. He can something do something like that. like that or take out a manager, but here's where wrestling is always aired. You cannot have a celebrity taking out a wrestler because you're you're billing these people as superstars or as professional wrestlers or professional athletes. And if someone who is not that mm-hmm. can come in and take you out, then that devalues the whole business. Well, do you... Okay, because see, I've always looked at it as the... WWF superstar, WWE superstar as being on the same level of an athlete as a professional athlete in Major League Baseball, yes, but NBA, etc. So, do you think do you think Big Show is going to go to the NBA and he and Shaq's going to let him beat him in a one on one game? Well, let him know. Well, Big then why compete. Big Show compete? I mean, Big Show played college balls. I think he couldn't. He can't play basketball. Well, there's a difference between. There's also a difference between being a college player and being an NBA Hall of Famer. Right. I mean, that's a whole different level, and it's. You know, if you've ever heard people talk about the first time, you know, Brock Lesnar tried to wrestle Kurt Angle, and he realized, wait a minute, this guy's on a whole different level. Oh yeah. I may be bigger than he is. I can probably eat him, but he's on a different level wrestling wise. Wrestling wise, yeah. <clears throat> It's one thing to be competitive, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about uh, takeover. Takeover. Mm-hmm. But you can have someone as an athlete be competitive, but they should not be to where, oh, you just escape with your life. You know, mm-hmm. they might get get one up on you for a little while, but you've got to come out and be dominant. You know, if, and I, you know, and I, what we've seen in the past a lot of is, you know, wrestlers getting uh, beaten by boxers or by or, or getting beat up by celebrities, you know, and that's something the sport really needs to stay away from. They want to be taken seriously while AEW, you know, to me, as much talent as they have, mm-hmm. uh, I I don't trust that three out of the four vice presidents take the business seriously. Okay. So, um... You're referring to the Bucks at Omega. Right. I think Cody is very serious because he, of where he came from. Right. And the type of stuff we've seen him do. You gotta admit, what Cody does is a lot different than what you see elsewhere on the show. Because when you get Cody in there, Yes, he's a new athlete, but there's definitely a very old school feel about him. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to see him wrestling a blow up doll. You're not going to see him wrestling a nine year old girl. You're right. not going to see him do 25 finishers in a row and have the person kick out. You know, he's he's different from a lot of the other talent. Uh, Jericho the same way, MJF the same way. Right. But. You know, when you get to Omega and the Bucks, now here's the thing, when they're serious or they're put, taken out of their comfort zone, they can actually have good matches. Okay? Um, 
Omega was serious for about 95% of his match with the first match with Jericho in Japan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that was good. Uh, it, it, when you, when the Young Bucks, I forget which pay-per-view it was, but they had time constraints and they had to drastically shorten their match. Okay. They put on a decent tag team match. I think it was a six-man match. Uh, one with, um, were they tied with Omega? No, no, not that one. No, definitely not that match. No, this was at a pay-per-view. They, I want to say Mysterio was involved in some way. Okay, was it at? Um, oh, you're talking about um the one at All In where it was right. um it was the Bucks and um in uh, Kota Ibushi against um it was I think it was Pentagon and Rey Mysterio, Pentagon Junior, Rey Phoenix and Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah, that was, a, yeah, that that was a match, really good match. In that match, they had time constraints, so they couldn't do 75 super kicks. And I remember us talking about it at the time. And they actually put on a good match. Uh, Omega versus uh, Pentagon mm-hmm. was a very good match um, because Omega took it seriously. Um, when he sprayed cold spray down his shorts to wake himself up, no, that's, that's not taking the business seriously. Right. That's that that's that's taking a leak on the business and and just letting everybody know. Look, this is a, a joke, and it, it goes back to what I say. You can watch something and know it's not real, but they don't need to rub your face up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. When whether you are watching, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel movies. Um, or a show like Mindhunter. I don't know if you ever watched that on Netflix. Yeah. But like, hey, I know that's fake. But you know, in Mindhunter, Jonathan Groff doesn't turn around, you know, and play with his willy and smile at the camera. You know, just to let me know that, that this is all a rip. You right. know. Uh, when I went to see Hamilton on Broadway, nobody stopped and said, you know, we're making some of this up for dramatic effect. You know, it was, to, to me, if you take me out of my suspension of disbelief, because, you know, I, and I've never seen this, people go, oh, you watch wrestling, you know, that's fake, why do you watch that? And I go, what do you watch? Oh, you know, I watch Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's different, that's real. No. You know it's fake, and you're watching it because you want to believe in these characters that they've put on the screen. Right. Um. And I'm picking on Grey's Anatomy because I've never seen a minute of that show. No have I. Um, and, um, you know, oh, I watch Walking Dead. Okay, zombies that, 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 that chase people around on the earth and, and just don't stop. Hey, that's 100% yeah. real. I mean, yeah, that, that's about? completely different than pro wrestling, you know. No, oh, I watch Star Trek. Well, so do I. But you know what? Guess what? That's fake, too. You know, it's... Uh, but at the same time, if you've ever seen a hardcore TOS fan, they're sitting there every time Kirk gets in a fight, you know, cheering for Kirk. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, it's like, okay, so I, I, I've been making my daughter watch the Star Wars movies in chronological order. Chronological, chronological release or chronological story? Chronological, chronological story. Ah, the poor child. So we started with one, and she's like, man, this 
sucked. And I'm like, yeah, baby, I got to agree with you. You know, what, you didn't like Rogue One? Not Rogue One. Rogue One's not the first one. That's what I say. Yeah, I thought you said Rogue One, though. No, no. So we started with Episode One. Episode One, yes, which is yeah. trash. Yeah, that's horrible. So we started with Episode One, and she's just like, that sucked. And I'm like, yeah, baby, I agree with you. Because I saw franchise and I went to see uh, the first episode. I just blanked on what it's called. A New Hope? No, that was the fourth oh, episode. Oh, Phantom Menace, you mean? Phantom Menace. Okay. So we went to see Phantom Menace, and we were basically like, this is really bad. Could it have really been that bad? And went back the next day to see it just to confirm it was as bad as we thought it was. Because we you, didn't did believe it. at least? Huh? Did you pay for that, or did you sneak in at least? No, I paid, you know. Wow. Um, no, you know why I never sneak into movies? <laughs> I'll tell you this. So when we were like 15, Franchise and I were at, uh, this movie theater called The Regency mm-hmm. on Almoral Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we spent a lot of Friday and Saturday nights there because it was a dollar theater. So it was like second mm-hmm. run movies. And we went and, and there was a Wendy's in the parking lot. So, and I lived across the street. So, oh, wow. I, so I, he come over to my house usually every other week. We'd go, we'd walk over, we'd get some food at Wendy's or KFC because there was a KFC there too. Usually Wendy's though. And then we would walk down, we'd play games in the arcade because they had an arcade, you know, just like the old days they had WrestleFest. Mm-hmm. And we'd go see one or two movies. One night, I don't remember what the first movie we saw was, the second movie was Soap Dish. And that's why I remember this because we we're talking about how it would be easy to sneak from theater to theater and go see more than one movie and no one would ever pay attention because the security was so lack, but it wouldn't be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so, you know, we went outside and got in line and paid our, you know, and then we were sitting in soap dish waiting for it to start. And this lady taps on the shoulder and said, I heard what you guys were saying about sneaking into the movie. And I was like, Oh crap. She misunderstood what we were saying. She's going to report us to the theater or something. Mm-hmm. And she gave us each five dollars for being honest. Oh, so, uh, so yeah, I never sneak into movies, but yeah. So my daughter, she watched Phantom Menace, and she was just like, "This, this is a real turd." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Then we watched, uh, Attack of the Clones, huh? Attack of the Clones. Yeah, Attack of the Clones. So we watched Attack of the Clones, and she's saying she's not really liking it, but. Like she's getting into it, and then when Count Dooku and Yoda yep. lightsaber battle, she's jumping up and down, chanting Yoda, Yoda, Yoda. Why? Because she she knows this isn't real, but she got lost in that moment, and she's just yes, you know. And uh, you know, so to to me, back to the original point you lose a certain amount of suspension of disbelief when you bring in people from outside the company and they can beat people who do this for a living or they can manhandle them or they can, you know, what have you. Shaq's a great athlete. Shaq's an intimidating guy. And I think if Shaq said, had said when he retired from the NBA, I want a second career. I want to be a pro wrestler. He probably would have been a huge, huge, huge star just by being Shaq. Yeah. And he wouldn't have to do a whole lot. No, I mean, and but that would have been interesting. But if he just says, I want to do this as a one-off, 
one-off things are never that good either because people aren't used to taking bumps and they're not used to doing uh, running ropes and they're not used to the, the pacing that goes into that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it looks awkward and it looks fake in, in case no one's ever seen the Jay Leno match oh. or anything David Arquette did. Oh. Or Dennis Rodman. Um, well, Rodman and Carl Malone were a little bit better. They were better, but... But, but at the same yeah. time, they were playing actively at that time. Yes, they and were. And they were in shape. Uh, Shaq's been retired for how long? Uh, is 2009, I want to say. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I have no interest in seeing Shaq in AEW. Um so I can imagine if he had decided to have a second career as a wrestler, take, someone tried to take a big boot from Shaq, size 22 big boot taking that would uh, be easy to sell, I guess. But uh, if he actually if he actually stiffs it, mm, that wouldn't feel good. You remind me of when Foot Locker used to have the bottoms of athlete's shoes and you could go there and stand on them. Mm -hmm. Or it was Foot Locker or Champ Sports, I can't remember which. One of those mall sporting goods stores sold shoes. But, so what's our next topic? Next topic is Renee Young has departed from the WWE. And I was and, really surprised they let her say goodbye, too. Yeah, um, it was nice. And she said a very nice goodbye and posted on Instagram. And she will be publicly known as Renee Paquette. As you know, you, folks should know she is Canadian. Um you, JTC, foresee any future wrestling industry work for Renee in the future as she moves forward into her career? Yes, because I think she may try other things because of non-compete or just to try other things. But I think eventually uh, her husband, John, is going to uh, you know, say something to Tony Khan and they'll bring her in as an interviewer or a panelist. I don't think they'll put her on play-by-play -play because they've already got uh, quite the team and they actually have too many people uh, up there, if you know what I'm saying. Right. They could they could lose the guy in the mask. Um, well, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been taken off TV a little bit anyway, but... I, I think he should. I, I don't like his announcing. I mean, you've got two of the best of all time, uh, Ross and Giovanni, uh, you know, for all the fun we made of Tony Schiavone, he is a great uh, broadcaster when he wants to be. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, and he's very self-aware because he'll be the first one to say, yeah, I'd given up by the time WCW was, you know, on its last legs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Jim Ross. had it except for, like, Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay right. was the only one still going at it hard. Yeah. I, I, now, I miss the professor. He was, you know, he, uh, Professor Tanay. I love the way he would add insight to everything that was going on and he was my favorite um but you got jim ross who depending on who you are he's either one or two in your book for all-time greatest mm -hmm. it's either him or gordon Soli. uh you know and for me it's like you know it's kind of like how i've told you before on you know monday wednesday friday and claire's my favorite wrestler and tuesday thursday saturday at Shawn michaels right and that's kind of the way i feel about you know, Gordon Soli and Jim Ross. Jim Ross. You know, uh, so I think I think we'll see Renee back in wrestling. Uh, 
I could see her doing, you know, A.W. Dark maybe as a broadcaster, mm-hmm. or if they get another show that they do. Of course, how you have dark matches that you're recording and now you're playing yeah. on TV. That, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think Renee will be back, and um, you know, I think she gets a bad rap. I think she's more talented than people give her credit for. Um, I do too. I, I think honestly, I pers- I think she. I don't think she. I don't actually. I don't think she'll be back unless AEW and John ask her. I think. Well, that's why I think. I think they're going to ask her. Well, my my thing is, I know she's talented, and I think she would actually fare better um, outside of wrestling. I think other avenues would allow her to fully use her talent. Um, there's rumors of her having starting a cooking show and etc. And I think she would do well um kind of like what charlie um is doing because charlie's also working for espn i think i think she would do well in a sports capacity uh, whether it is interviewing whether it is sideline reporting um, or even in the uh entertainment aspect i could see renee interviewing people on the red carpet like i think there's a lot of flexibility with her uh her skill set that do i think she can do that yes do i think she'll get the opportunity to do that no, a cooking show, maybe. Uh, be the next Joan Rivers. Uh, next as, next as Gorilla Monsoon would say, highly unlikely. Well, I would say ESPN or TNT or something like that would be uh, a lot closer of a reach than, you know, than, you know, the, than the E network. Right. But, I mean, at that point, how, how many, unless you're actually a broadcaster, how much is there to do an ESPN interviewing people on the right card? There's a lot of it. I mean, there's a lot of interviewing sideline. I mean, you talk about, you know. Sideline interviews is different than interviewing people on the right carpet, which is what you had mentioned before, and that's what right. I'm taking issue. I mean, it is, it, is, it is a lot different. If, saying- she, if she wants to be the blonde Bonnie Bernstein, then I could see that. But I mean, sideline interviewing is a lot. It would be closer to what she was doing for Vince. That's why it was the first thing I, I thought of, because I could see her at TNT doing that. You know, like uh, Rachel Nichols was, or you know, Cheryl Miller and such talking to. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'm wait having minute. a vision. <laughs> I just had a premonition. She's going to be a sideline reporter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't know why I think it'll be them. <laughs> the Jaguars, really? Yeah. Hmm. That's a that's a rare. Out of nowhere uh, prediction there. Okay. I we'll wonder to, how it came up with the Jaguars. We'll have to keep an eye on that. It's like a con game or something. <laughs> well, that is the last of our quick hits. If you have any quick hits for wrestling you'd like to talk about, feel free to bring them up. Uh, comment on our Facebook posts or Twitter mentions when we tweet about the show. Um, you can always comment in the Jig Nation community on Facebook. Uh, you can find Jig Nation simply at Jig Nation on Facebook, on Twitter, and join in the conversation. Tell us what you like, tell us what you hate, uh, and suggest even uh, topics that JT and I can chop it up about. So we're going to move on to our main topic, which are the big shows from past weekend, starting with Take Over 30. Yeah, it's funny because it seems like there should be more takeovers than that, yet at the same time, it feels like uh, takeovers just started, and how could there be 30 of them? For real? I, I was like, 30? Really? I yeah. Really been 30? 
yeah, I, I was I, I was caught in between. Hey, are they? How is there thirty, and how can there only be thirty? Yeah, because there should be more than thirty. That's the way it feels. Right. Um, Especially because most of them have been great shows. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, I I watched this and for the most part enjoyed it. I'll say that. Uh, I always enjoy what NXT does. Um, so for me, looking at, you know, watching this event, uh, you know, like I said, it was, there, it was hard to believe that there's only 30. seems like there should be more. Um, but uh, let's look at the actual card itself, and I'm pulling the card up here. here. So, so we've got uh, NXT TakeOver. Um, the pre-show started with the tag team number one contendership match. We had a three-way dance uh, between Logado El Fantasma uh, versus Brizongo versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Um, I did not watch this match, just for the record. Okay. Uh, for I, the record, I did watch this match. Um, it, uh, it wasn't bad. Um, Legado del Fantasma showed that they are still pretty, pretty green. Um, but Embrizango did a really good job in uh, working with these two very young teams um, and, and, and experienced teams in that aspect. And uh, Brizongo picked up the pin on, uh, I think it was Birch took the pinfall. Um, it really looked like for a while that uh, Legato was going to win, but uh, Brizongo carried the match, did well. Uh, and this was actually a good match. I would probably give it a C plus, you know, B level match. It was it was uh, it was good, especially for uh, for a kickoff show match. Uh, again, I didn't see it, but I've always said that Brizongo is a very underrated and underutilized team. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they started doing the fashion police thing, the fashion files, yep. fans were eating that up. And, you know, even people who were cynical and jaded were going, oh, that's good stuff, that's good stuff. But it was one of those things that got over and it wasn't supposed to. Right. And that makes Vince mad, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, that it can't work. That's not my idea. Yeah. So I'm glad to see they're getting some use, excuse me, out of that. Uh, so the first match of the official show uh, was Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. Uh, now, this is a match if you ever want to see somebody call to go go home ahead of time or quickly. Uh, so I know I'm jumping to the very end here, but there was a, a spot where Balor did the double stomp on his chest. Right. And it and instead of usually he kind of taps his feet and pulls them back and he falls and takes a bump himself. Mm-hmm. He came down with both his feet on Thatcher's chest and looked like he caved his lungs in. And yeah, he it was, stood there for a second. It was and, pretty vicious. And when the referee asked Thatcher if he was okay, he said, Go home. Yeah. And uh, it was very, very obvious and very noticeable that he said, Go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, when. Uh, you know, I don't know what they said. I have to go home. We need to go home. But you could very clearly see him mouth, go home. Uh, and then there was like two spots and the match was over. Yeah. And that was uh, that that was a pretty brutal 
uh, spot. I, I've always thought Finn was very safe with the way he did the double stomp. That time, it just landed wrong. It, it was. It looked savage. Uh, yeah. This this had a lot of really good, I've, um, good strong mat wrestling. Um, I thought the announcing crew, um, even Corey Graves, who I don't enjoy, did a very good job in uh, in calling this match and hyping up the uh, mat wrestling ability of Thatcher. Um, and and also Finn Balor trying to beat Thatcher at his own game. Yes, and Balor Just, looked great um, yeah. on that. And that. You know, it takes someone special to grapple with Thatcher, even in a work match at that level, and look like he's on the same level. Yeah, I, I didn't think Finn could. I didn't think Finn could pull that off. I was thinking if anyone's going to be able to grapple that level with Thatcher, it will probably be Gulak or uh, or Daniel Bryan. I'm, I didn't. Matt Riddle, who we already saw grapple with him. Yeah, Matt Riddle could grapple with him, but that's that's a very short list. Um, Tyler yeah. really looked great, and it just reminded me of how much they wasted him on the main roster. Right. Well, Balor has the all-time record for most wins in takeover history. Uh, you know, the thing is, they can't seem to settle whether or not Finn's a heel or a face. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if they know what to do. They don't. We know they don't know what to do with him. Um, and he's trying. He's he's giving off his uh, early Bullet Club Day vibe, in just his poses and his entrance and you know his walk. It's all very early Bullet Club, uh, but of course the the he doesn't know what to do as far as whether they're going to push him as a heel or a face, and of course they're not going to let anything happen organically. Um, he's a fan favorite. I just say let him, you know, let him do what he does and. He's going to let him have more heel tendencies. That's what people seem to enjoy most out of Finn anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But this was a really good match. Um, oh, I enjoyed it greatly to me it, because I started watching late, so I just put it on live so I didn't see the pre-show. Okay. And this put me in a good mood uh, because, you know, there's a misconception in wrestling and people are, are in the note will constantly point out to you, your first match is not the curtain jerker anymore. If you're at a house show, yes, it's the curtain jerker. But on a pay-per-view or a live TV event, that should be an exciting match to hold your interest. Yeah. And it certainly did. And I really wondered in that match, I, I like when I watch a match and I don't know who's going to win. Mm -hmm. If I know who's going to win a match, it takes something out of it for me. Right. And so... You know, there were times I could really thought they were going to have Thatcher go over. I thought that too about halfway through. I'm like, wow, they actually might put Thatcher over to build him up because yeah. this looks, he's looking impressive. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really entertaining match. It was really good. Um, technically sound. Um, but that botched finish, man, was just ooh. painful looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, were, what would you give this? What grade would you give this match? B plus. B plus. Okay, I, I agree with that. But it was was definitely top, top yeah. notch. I I really really would wish Finn was able to do a match. It, I, it, now that I've seen him grapple like that, I'd like I'd really like to see him take on Daniel Bryan. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And those two just trade holes. Yes. And then kicks, and that would be an insane match. 
Oh yeah. And of course we'll probably never see it because yeah, because of where Finn is right now. Yeah, because uh, they pushed NXT to beating the the Raw and SmackDown rosters, and then they completely forgot they existed. Yes. Like, hey, here's Adam Cole. He just beat Daniel Bryan, and now we're doing nothing with that. Yeah, that was classic WWE. Um, next match was the North American uh, Championship, uh, which was vacated by Keith Lee. Uh, we had five members of this ladder match. Bronson Reed, who whose shirt I'm probably going to buy because um, I love it. Um, Cameron Grimes, who uh, his, his shtick bothers me. Um, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano, Mr. Takeover himself, and the returning Velveteen Dream. So... I didn't enjoy this match. I didn't enjoy Candice LeRae's role in this match. I, I, I like that Candice can get physical and get involved. And I'm a big Candice fan, so I'm always happy whenever she's on. But um, that wasn't why I didn't enjoy the match. It just seemed, hey, guys, there's a formula for, uh, for a ladder match. Let's just do this. Mm, Nothing okay. felt organic in it. Nothing felt unique. Nothing felt... Nothing really struck me. And the thing is, is they s- still have ladder matches that you see some innovative stuff in. Uh, the one at WrestleMania with uh, Morrison and Kofi and one of the Usos was mm-hmm. one. Um but this match just seemed kind of formulaic. Uh, the characters didn't seem to mesh well with each other. Styles make matches. And yeah, there's a lot of contrasting styles, and they had it, people it, doing spots I didn't think you have contrasting they be doing. styles and contrasting body types and contrasting looks, and there was too much contrasting in that match that yeah. it never felt cohesive. You know, right. Um, Having having Damian Priest, who I like, I've I, you know I've liked him since you know uh, the Punishment Martinez days in Ring of Honor. Um, having him do the the Shelton Benjamin run up the ladder with those long legs and that, those long strides, it it looked very clunky. It did not, it, it just it did not come off right. It was, it was just a a very rough spot. Um, Cameron Grimes. A lot of of things look clunky in that match. To be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. The Cameron Grimes comedy spots were just, you know, yeah. It was there. There was a whole lot that just did not go the way I thought it would. Because I like all. I like all five of these guys. Like, um, I was really thinking it would have been a bit more cohesive um, than it was, and unfortunately, the the pacing being so awkward. Um, and then kind of, I think there was a couple of times in the match, he tried to turn the, you know, turn the heat up a bit where it just, it was like they were overcompensating and then it didn't, it didn't help anything because they were going from clunky shifting down the road to overdrive. Like it just, it wasn't, it was, it was off. Yeah. And and that finish, the finish just kind cool. of happened. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be something interesting, and then it wasn't. 
it, it just kind of finished. It was like, oh, that was oh, okay. Yeah. And we'll talk more about finishes that come out of nowhere when we talk about SummerSlam. But it was, and I don't mean boom out of nowhere like an RKO and it was impressive. It just happened, you know? Yeah. And it was like, oh, was that it? Like, oh. I, I was like, okay, they got each got the belt. Okay, who's going to end up with the belt? Maybe Punishment's going to, you know, oh, I'm sorry, maybe Damien's going to pull back on it. Maybe he's going to let his weight take the belt and Johnny's going to realize he can't hold on. I thought I thought something interesting was going to come out of it, but no, it was just. And, we, and we've boring. seen that spot before. Yes. You know, that spot goes back to 2008 when Michaels and Jericho did. Right. And so it's like something like that happens, you know, once every 10 years realistically. Mm -hmm. But they've done it that spot how many times since 2008? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, the legend is ref bump started because somebody actually bumped the ref. And so somebody said, okay, well, let's throw that into a match and use it. But now almost every match has ref bump. Too many ref bumps in matches, yeah. You're 100% right about that. And that's what that match was, the finish of that match was. I'm like, really? And we're going to have again? Um, I mean, like, there. if you're going to do something, you got to make it cool and innovative. Like at WrestleMania, you had a three-way with everybody mm -hmm. getting the belt. Right. And then they knocked Morrison down, and the force of him falling force allowed him to pull the belt down. Right. That was a way to make that innovative. Or, or just they could have had maybe, I don't know, something different, like to get – Johnny off the belt, you know, they could have had Damien kick him, something, I just, or even someone else getting involved where maybe Candice Bree, you know, inserted herself and accidentally made Johnny drop the belt for some reason. This is something that wasn't very ho-hum. We've seen this before. Yeah. So uh, what, what grade would you give this match? You know, you said you didn't like it, but give, give, me, a, give me a letter grade. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't a failing grade, but I'd give it D plus. Okay, okay. I was thinking straight C, but okay, cool. That's a little. That's a little generous. Okay. Well, C is average, and to me, it was below average. So. Well, you said C plus, though. No, I said D plus. Oh, that you said. D, I thought, okay, you said D plus. I thought you said C plus. Okay, well then that's not. I'm, see, that's not what I thought. All right, so you went worse than I did. I um, just thought it was a little below average because it was the average, but not as well done. Okay, fair enough. Um, next match was one that they were building up a lot, um, and definitely had some of the best uh, promos leading. I was gonna say it had the best hype package. Definitely had the best hype package. Um, yeah. That is Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. If so, you don't know who Pat McAfee is, and you're listening to this, he is a former NFL punter uh, who primarily had played his career with the Indianapolis Colts. He is now a podcaster, broadcaster, um, and he's a big wrestling fan. He has been a part of NXT in the past. And he was actually present during the NXT TakeOver of SmackDown back in November. So, and here and here's how you can do this athlete versus wrestler thing the mm -hmm. right way. Because one, you've got one of the best in the world, Adam Cole. But Adam Cole's not a big guy, which was part of their argument. 
Yes. Pat McAfee is a big guy. Pat McAfee's bigger than most in the NXT roster. So you've got this guy who's who was uh, you know an athlete. I think he won a Super Bowl with the Colts. Uh, yes. So yes, yeah. Well, no, wait, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. But he's a world class athlete. But you have him come in there, and he and he tells a very simple story. He's like, "I'm bigger. I'm going to bully him, and then I'm going to kick him in the head." Why? Because what what is Pat McAfee known for? Kicking a ball straight up in the air. Yep. So it makes perfect sense. That's his finish. And, you know, they get to a spot where Cole makes a mistake and McAfee hits that. And you think that's going to be all there is. But Cole kicked out, Cole dominated, and then Cole picked his spot for the finish. Right. Because he's like, I could finish him with this. I could finish him with this. Uh, we're going to do the Panama Sunrise. Mm-hmm. And he hits that. McAfee took that really well, I thought. Oh, McAfee sold the heck out of that sunrise. It was beautiful. And he, it looked better than when a lot of other guys have taken it. And Mm -hmm. he hit it. And it was just like, okay. Uh, And and he beat him. And it went from, okay, you had your one shot. You got your one gimmick out of the way. That was your best shot at beating me. Now we're going to school. And that was what happened. And that's how you do this because you tell the story where, hey, he's a world-class athlete. He's bigger than he is. He's got this deadly leg. You know what? Wasn't good enough to beat someone who, even though they're smaller, does this for a living right? and is one of the best at what they do. Yeah. And they told the story fantastically. I kind of wish during the, the promos and the hype that they'd have had McAfee do more you know, attacks, more run-ins, using, you know, showing off the leg to really, you know, deepen the story that, hey, this this guy could, you know, literally just knock Adam out. And I wish they would have had him do um, in the, you know, Randy Orton punt style going for the head instead of the body. Um, well, the funny but, thing is, is Orton's punt isn't really a punt. No. What McAfee was doing really is a punt. And it would have made more sense if he was at least kicking towards the head, not the chest. Right. Uh, because then you could tell all these guys, he might be concussed. We might need to stop the match, you know. Exactly. That was but, my thought. And if they had him go after the head on NXT, the and then well, you, you could have definitely done a believable stretcher job having them to take Adam Cole out, you know. Um, it would have really <laughs> sold that Pat is super deadly. Or instead of even doing that, just do something old school where you have him – Kicking different things and breaking them apart. Kick a watermelon and broke it. Kick, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, do some things where it shows this kick is destructive. Yes. And he may not be a a well seasoned wrestling pro, but if he kicks you, it's over. And then oh, yeah. have him kick him. And Adam Cole, you know, after that, then Adam Cole just looked dead. McAfee looked around like, oh, did I do that? grab him, hook the leg up as tight as he can, one, two, boom, and then he, he and then everybody pops, which is what they did, right. uh, and, you know, Adam Cole, you know, is kind of the, the king right now of cool heels, because mm-hmm. the crowd is so behind him, and, the, and it didn't help that the crowd hated McAfee, too, so. Hey, well, McAfee did a good job of, of uh, being, being the heel and getting the heat, I, I, he didn't, he did great, um, and like I said, I, I thought they told the story in the match very well. Um, Pat showed off his athleticism. Um, 
you know, he showed, he kept on, and I, and he, he did a really good job, you know, kept pointing to his temple, you know, hey, smart, um, you know, he, he ducked the, uh, he ducked the knee, he, you know, he got out a couple of things, kicked out of, you know, um, the, uh, the ear Shigoshi off the, off the knee, he, he did a really, really good job. Um, I did not foresee him landing that, uh, landing on his feet off that, off that top rope spot. Um, I did not think I'd see him doing a senton onto all of, uh, the UE and, and his, uh, and his friends. Um, Pat really showed out in this match. He did. He's someone who is still young enough and in shape enough that if he said, Hey, I want to do this some, and I want to go down the performance center and I want to train and I want to get serious about this. You know, I don't think he's going to be a top, top guy, but he's big enough that Vince could like him in his real background. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see them doing something like they did with Chris Nowinski, where he's like, I'm better than you people, and I'm, you know, right. I'm smart, and I'm smart, yeah. a world-class athlete, and I'm better than every one of you. Uh, and then have, you know, give him a good little push. And then when, uh, you know, I was you know, almost, I haven't said John Cena, but, you know, John, it's not going to be John, but, you know, Roman or Braun or mm-hmm. somebody beats him, then he can just be stunned at, you know, oh my gosh, how did that happen? How did I lose? You right. Know? And he and he could talk. Unlike so many pro athletes that have, you know, dabbled, he's a talker. Yeah. He oh, he did great like, selling it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. He was getting legit heat, and that's something that's hard to come by now. I you know, last people, time I heard people asking me, they're like, Is this is he are they shooting or is this a work? I'm like, this is a work, but it's a really good work. Yeah. The, the last time you know, I mean, he was about to get heat with me, and the last time anybody got heat with me was the Nexus. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but the you know, I think he, there could be some spots for him in the future. I think Vince would be in love with him. Oh. Um, so if he if he wants this to be something that he had a, a heck of a start, I give the match a B, a straight B. Okay. It's not in the the upper echelon category that we learn it earn an A. It's not Michael's Flair, Flair Steamboat. Well, so I mean, I give, yeah, this is this is not a guy. This is not a worker. This is. Uh, but, but if you go what what story they told in the athleticism that showed, I give it a B. Would you say this is maybe the best match you've seen a non wrestler, you know, pro athlete engaged in? This better than LT and Bam Bam, better than. You know, Rodman and, and Macho better than Rodman and, and Hogan against Paige and, and Carmelone. Uh, uh, I think Carl Malone is close. Mm-hmm. He seemed to have a natural uh, affinity for it. He and, hit that diamond cutter really smooth. And we know he's WrestleMania. Carl Malone, I mean, what was the mailman known for? He was smooth, you know. So, uh, you know. I, if I could see, but we never saw Carl Malone anything but a tag team match. But if we could right. see, yeah, I don't know. It would be close, and I'd really have to think about it. Definitely better than LT. Um, you know, that match was just, uh, you know, I mean, that 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 jackknife, as they called it. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah, and you have a guy who, no, he's not your top guy, but, I mean, to bury him, it was just... 
Bam Bam somebody you should keep in reserve to be a monster, and he can never be a monster again after that. No. Just, yeah, that was, and I wasn't even a Bam Bam fan, and I was just like, nah, man, like, how does he lose? Nah, it just didn't make sense. All, all I remember about that match is LT's overuse of his form mm-hmm. and that botched jackknife. Yeah, which was terrible. And then he. Where, where they're like, oh, he's taking Diesel's moves. Well, the, the, like, and then, and yeah, I remember, no. the, I remember the announcer. I remember Vince saying, well, he'd been hanging out with, with Diesel. I guess this is what he was showing him. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then after the match, um, DiBiase looking so disappointed. A football player, Bigelow, a football player. Yeah, that, and then Bam Bam's baby face run after that, that was just. Oh, that was, that was really bad. Yeah. I mean, because, like, Bam Bam's the guy that you should keep in reserve, have him beat your mid card baby faces. You don't really put him up against the top guy until he hurts somebody, and then, you know. You have that person, whether it was Hogan or Bret Hart or whoever, Shawn Michaels wanted revenge mm-hmm. for their friend, and then they beat him. But having a football player beat him, that ruined his career. People never really took him quite the same again. It took a run to the ECW. To the ECW run anything. had to revitalize him, yeah. But, you know, still people were going, is this the guy that lost to Lawrence Taylor? Yeah. But by that, that time, was people- WrestleMania main event. You know. It was, which was something it shouldn't have been, but well, I think. But, but by that, by the time he, you know, he had the ECW running, then was in WCW. You know, the average fan was a lot smarter and understood that. You know, um, obviously the the decision was pre made, so like I don't think they took it, you know, as bad. Well, but well here's the help him when. Bam Bam came in and was put positioned as a threat to Goldberg, who was undefeated in the world champion at the time. What would have been, uh, uh, would, would he have not been a bigger threat if he hadn't lost to Lawrence Taylor? Yes. That's all I'm saying. No, no, you're, you're not wrong, obviously. You're not wrong. Um, all right, so the next match we have is the NXT Women's Championship. Um, this is the first champ, uh, the second championship match on the card. Um, with Io Shirai defending against Dakota Kai, um, who had Gonzalez, Raquel Gonzalez, accompanying her to the ring. Match wasn't wasn't bad. Um, this is one of the best matches. Wasn't I was, good either. Yeah, it wasn't good. I thought uh, Dakota looked to me. I thought Dakota looked really good. Um, I enjoyed watching her work heel. Um, it's something I hadn't been able to see, hadn't really gotten to see much of. I didn't watch a lot after she turned on, um, on Knox. Um, Tegan Knox. Yes. I didn't see a lot, watch a whole lot after she had turned on Tegan Knox. So, uh, watching her work at, you know, this heel style, I really actually really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, this match was, it's definitely started off sloppy. This match, I can sum up really easily why Mm -hmm. this match was discombobulated. You had the wrong people in the wrong worlds. Yes. Because EO should be a heel. EO should be a heel. The only time she's any good is when she's a heel. And she's still reckless. And I still don't like her. But having said that, she is better when she's a heel. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at Dakota Kai, she's the girl next door. She's beautiful. Or she's the girl you wish lived next door. You know? And yeah, they gave her a makeover and brought her in. But I've been following her for a long time on the indies. I've been following Tegan for a long time on the indies. Like both of them a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I was really... I, I love the match they had against each other. Uh, that was a brutal women's match. And I like that, uh, you know, and I thought they told a good story. But when you're going to put her in there with Io Shirai, it doesn't work for her to be the heel. Uh, because Io is just a naturally unlikable person. Everything she comes off, says, comes off snarky. Uh, and even when she's cut the purpose, she says, uh, you were afraid of Shane and Baszler. When I'm done, you'll be afraid of me. That sounded like a heel. Yeah. You know, that sounded like a heel. And here's the thing. That was something they should have never brought up. Because it was something they should have never done in the first place. Oh, bringing up Baszler? Right. Oh, because, yeah. They didn't, because, because she's not there anymore. Like, she hasn't been in a while. Like, she's been gone right. since well, what, the Royal Rumble? Well, he, no, I mean, she came, she had a WrestleMania match. She just lost her WrestleMania match. Well, no, what I'm saying is Shane has been off of NXT oh. since, like, the yeah. Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's been half a year. Like, she but, should be mentioned in storylines. Well, here you're talking about something that storyline-wise was, like, two years ago. Yes. And they shouldn't have done Because here's the thing. If someone is begging off and crying and whimpering, it should be the heel. Right. Not the cute baby face. You don't do that. <laughs> That's booking 101. And then to go, when you were a face, you cried and you were scared of Shayna Baszler and she broke your arm. You, you cut her legs out from under and then you have her lose. You did absolutely nothing for Dakota Kai. Right. And then you really didn't do anything for Io Shirai either. Yeah, I mean, the the end game of this match had nothing to do with these two women. Like, the end game for them was building for uh, Gonzalez, and then they had, you know, Rhea Ripley come out to, you know, to to give the save for Io, and they had the stare down. Like, you you did nothing for your your women's champion and for her opponent. Having, here's the thing. If they went the opposite way with booking, if Io Shirai lost and Dakota Kai won and became the champion, mm-hmm. I don't think that really hurts Io. Because Gonzalez hit the move. And, right. Yes. If you had done that, that's a classic heel screwed the baby face. But when you have, you know, you basically run her over with a tank, she kicks out and gets the pin right after that. Right. Excuse me. They had the, they had the perfect finish. Io Shirai Hits her finish, but the referee's down. Right. She's looking around. Gonzalez came in, gave her the one arm power bomb, which looked which devastating. Looked fantastic. Puts Dakota Kai on top of her, picks up the referee, tosses him over. He makes the slow count, matches over. Yeah. But if you look at, uh, it, it, but. And then you go, oh, well, well, she didn't lose anything because she got cheated. Right. But you hit her with all that, and then she comes back and hits her finish again and gets the clean win. Then, to me, that diminished both of them. You could have 
uh, her blues, and then afterward they're putting the boots to her, and then have Rhea come out, mm-hmm. and then have Io make pop up, make the comeback, then and get her second win, and and they fight them all, you know, well, and then you do the where now they're now there's uh yeah now right. or even if um even if but, Io wins by DQ because the ref, you know. Caesar or something like that, like, right. and then that, then there's a skirmish. You know, they're they're t- putting the boots to where Rhea comes right. out. You have the standoff, right? So the booking was just completely backwards in this match. And as much as I like women's wrestling, you know, I think with you know when you look at the people who've been on the podcast, you know, like you have like Matt, who's at the other extreme, like mm-hmm. he's a sh- an admitted chauvinist and he kind of likes some women's wrestling, but. He thinks there's too much of it, you know, and he didn't even watch, you know, Evolution mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was all women. Um, to me, who is always clamoring for more and more women's stuff, and I'm a huge women's wrestling fan, and you're kind of in the middle. Yeah. I didn't enjoy this match. I really didn't. And uh, and it wasn't just the finish I didn't like. It was the structure of the match. If you have... Uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Macho Man's the face and Hogan's the heel. That doesn't work. And they tried it. Yeah, we saw that in WCW. Yeah, and it was just kind of, and it was kind of like kissing your sister. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, it means nobody wins. Yeah. You know, it was it just didn't fit. You know, uh, just like having Sergeant Slaughter as a bad guy didn't really fit, but he got heat. You see, I I I, I kind of like that, but yeah. I didn't like him switching sides. I wanted I would have preferred him just to be a heel. Um, right now, have you ever seen so his old stuff in Crockett when he was a heel, and he think... was a butt kicking heel. That's the Slaughter I'm okay with being a heel, but him going ah, I pledge allegiance to Saddam Hussein. No, that was yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, that didn't work. He got heat because we were legitimately in the middle of a war. But exactly. but it, it, wrestling-wise, quality-wise, it wasn't good. Yeah, because wrestling's always good for a racial stereotype being something they'll fight against. All right, so I guess next we move on to Killer Cross against uh, Keith Lee and a push that just won't seem to end. Uh, they really shoved Matt, if you're talking to me, I can't hear you. Say that again? I said if you were talking to me, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I accidentally muted myself. Yeah. Um, so the, so yeah, the, well, what I was saying was Killer Cross has really been pushed to the moon uh, without seeming rhyme or reason and within a very short period of time. That's not true. We know what the rhyme and the reason is. You mean Scarlet? Exactly. That's the only reason he has a job there. She's the rhyme. She's but the reason. they need to make him oh. champion? Yes, they made him champion to keep her happy. And, yeah. I'll, and, I'll, and honestly, I'll give I'll, one. I thought the entrance was fantastic. And she was electric in the entrance. Like, Hey, Scarlet is lightning in a bottle, man. Yes. That that is a hot, good-looking woman. I, to me, 
she reminds me of when Sunny was at her hottest. Like and not, that just not even looks like she her entrance there. Well, I'm I'm trying to say that you're cutting me off. Oh, well, cool. you're, got, no, you're talking about got, how gorgeous the woman is right now. She is, but I was going to say she's got that charisma and she's got that charm and she's got that energy. If you go back and you watch before Sunny became an alcoholic and got soured on the business, she had that. She yeah. loved wrestling. She really loved being in it, doing involved, and she would do anything they asked her to do. And she had, it wasn't just that Sonny was gorgeous when she first was Sonny. Mm-hmm. It was that she had this X factor. She had what they call gravity. You're pulled to her. Yeah. And, and that's what Scarlet has. And, you know, it's, but to me, but you know what? They never made Chris Candido the WWE champion. No, but. They never made him more than a tag champion. And you have Killer Cross come in. And just destroy Tommaso Ciampa. Well, I think they would have, if if we were talking about equal things, I think if they had um, a dev, a, 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 I think if they had a dev territory that was what NXT is now, they probably would have put that title on Candido to make her happy. Um, especially if she was, you know, managing him at that time. Um, I definitely think they would have done that, um, especially because women are, are valued more. Women are bigger draws now than they ever were. Hey, there was no one who was ever a bigger draw than Sonny was. Most downloaded woman on the internet. Right, you know, but, that, but mean, they, they didn't anticipate that. She wasn't brought right. in because they thought she was going to be that. They brought Scarlett in they, because they think she's going to be that type of a popular female for them i mean here's the thing and you're saying oh you earlier you're just talking about no i mean here's the thing i think there are prettier women in wrestling than her however they they don't have that x factor to yeah they don't have like she's got it factor she's a beautiful woman and she's got it factor you see her and you're like there's something about her i'm drawn to her you know i i was watching it uh my she she's like who is that you know that's somebody that's you know got something you know but to me if they want her to succeed and they want her to be a a really big draw which i think she can be Mm -hmm. they can't have that albatross tied around her neck and we're okay well if i'm going to be happy he's got to be wwe champion one day well see i don't think they'll do that but i think this is uh, uh, early level appeasement, and then when people realize, then when she kind of really gets we, that, people aren't picking him. We need to get break her killer cross. What's Shawn Michaels doing these days? Um, he's in he's running, he's helping run NXT. So I mean, that, well, he, well, he's, he's in the perfect position because we know what success he had before. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if you saw the meme, but he uh, he kind of looked like uh, old man Marley from. <laughs> From Home Alone, when he came out into the ring against Randy Orton, so uh, I don't, I don't know. HBK's, uh, you know, heartbreaking days are a bit behind him. I'm saying we know he's a man who's at least qualified for the job, or he was. Yeah. He was, yeah. But that was a different Shawn Michaels. But this match, I was. The match was good. There were some good spots. They, 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 everybody did their signature moves and 
Um, it like you know, it, but when he hit that Sayado suplex mm-hmm. off the second rope, and that was it, I was like, huh? It. I mean, to me, when you win a match, especially when you win a title, it should be boom, and it's fascinating and. They just kind of fell off the ropes together. It wasn't really a suplex. It was a very weak Saito. Yeah, it was. And, and it was just like, I was like, huh? Killer Cross is the NXT champion now? What? Which, which nobody wanted to see. Nobody was right. buying it. Like, and, and that's why, again, that's why I, say, I like, said what I said. You, that's why they put it on her to appease her. You you just put the tie you just put the title on Keith Lee and you told this great story about putting the title on I mean, you just had forfeit the North American title. Right. And then he gets beat flat in the middle of the ring. The guy was champion for forty five days. Right. You know, he nobody hit him with a chair. Nope. Nobody used a stun gun on him. Nobody, you know Charlie didn't scratch at his eyes or right. he didn't get hit with a low blow. Right. Yeah. So it it just fell flat for me. I don't buy Killer Cross. I don't either. Uh, to me, he's that guy that, uh, you know, you, he to me he's like a, a Heidenreicher Snitsky almost. <laughs> like, like you, like, yeah, you push him and get something out of him, but you're not gonna let him go over that next level guy. You're not gonna let him, like, you know, Heidenreich and and Snitsky, like they maybe became, but they weren't going to be an undertaker. I, I, yeah, I understand the analogy. I, he obviously, he's a better, I've he's never a been a better big, athlete. He's a bigger worm. He's a better athlete, but, and he looks better. Like you look at Killer Cross, and he's like, okay, this guy looks like he could possibly be something. He's got the body. Uh, and he, he looks, looks like mean, he should be in American History X. Yeah, he does give a, he does give a neo Nazi vibe. Um, yeah, thing. But he he looks he looks like a scary dude, um, and he's got he's obviously but he comes out. I hide my yarmulke. <laughs> so he's he's got the figure, um, and honestly, but like like you said, you don't buy him. Right. Most people, not to the level of of cross cross is chiseled. I, um, yeah, I, I know one person that likes mm-hmm. Killer Cross, and that's it. I don't know anybody except for. I even shut him out. I don't know anybody except for Dion Myers Jr. who likes Killer Cross. That there's a reason why Impact gave up on him. Well, you know, I, well, I mean, Dion thought that Endgame sucked, so I mean, that tells you his taste. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not even in the group anymore. I'm still going to talk crap. Um, <laughs> but you know, if at Killer Cross, yeah, he's more cut, maybe a little bit more cut than Heidenreich was. He's definitely more yeah. cut than Snitsky. Oh, yeah. Uh, but body mass-wise, I think he's about on par with Heidenreich. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, body mass. Heidenreich was, was, was yeah. massive, and obviously yeah. Snitsky was a lot bigger. Yeah. So I just think, you know, to me, like, Killer Cross doesn't impress me. He, he doesn't do anything that I go, wow, that's unique, or wow, that catches my attention. And the thing is, that's a mistake with indie people now. They think they got to do wild, crazy stuff to catch your attention. You don't have to do that. You can catch my attention by the way you snatch a headlock. Mm-hmm. You can catch my attention by the way you take a bump. Uh, 
there's just nothing exciting about him except his girlfriend. Yeah. Sorry, Dion. I I concur. Um, yeah. She the best thing yeah. he did for his career was was dating. So, so I give this match a a C plus. Okay. There was stuff to it, but when a big part of the match is the finish, and when the finish falls flat, you can't give a really good rating to it. Right, and it, yeah. You know, I, I'll, so, I'll give I'll give I'll give Cross this. Um, he and Scarlett looked really cool afterwards when he was celebrating. Um, the well, that was the effect, light. Yeah, that the lighting, light. smoke effect, the poses. Um, that was pretty cool. But the smoke is for the smoke show. Exactly. Yeah. Again, she she is the real star here. So, um, so, so, I, so overall, I enjoyed that, especially when I look back on it in comparison to SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Which I got notes on SummerSlam right here, otherwise known as my big book of grievances. <laughs> um, but and here's the thing. I, I knew I would probably enjoy TakeOver, so I didn't take notes. I knew I wouldn't wasn't going to enjoy SummerSlam, so I did take notes. <laughs> um, but before we go to SummerSlam, did you like uh, how uh, Damian Priest celebrated his uh, NXT championship? What do you mean? You didn't see him jump into the hot tub with two women and oh yeah, the alcohol. He Triple H is like, "What are you doing? I'm celebrating. What do you think I'm doing?" Uh, I don't know. It kind of seemed kind of uh, '90s to me. Like, okay. I mean, the the one time that that has worked since the '90s was when Flair won the Intercontinental Title. Bless you. Excuse me. When Flair won the Intercontinental title from Carlito, mm-hmm. and they have it was more of a comedy. But he's loading all those women into the limousine, right. and he's getting the little blue pills out and <laughs> popping them back. <laughs> but it was done for comedy. But just like to me, I was like, is, "Did Eric Bischoff get his job back producing? Is Vince Russo back?" Because it was just like, I don't know. It was cheesy to me. No, I hear you. I mean, plus they don't really present him as like a ladies' man. If they did present him as a ladies' man, they don't. Yeah, if they did, it would have made more sense. It would have made more sense, but it was just like, okay, like I mean, for one thing, let's face it, punishment looks like an escape rocker from the eighties. Oh, uh, I would say that, but there, there is no, no. I, I, I live eighties hair metal, and he looks like he escaped from Rat or one of those bands. Well, the the, so, the, the so like him, him jumping in the hot tub with him fit like the eighties for that lifestyle. It fit the nineties for what WWF and WCW were doing. Yeah, and then the, the being, leather pants definitely not, give that eighties hairband vibe. Do not, but being they don't present him as a ladies man. We're not in the eighties or nineties anymore. It just seems like they were doing it to be. It seemed extra for, for the sake of being salacious. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. wasn't that salacious because people are jaded now. I just, I, I, I just laughed. I was like, "Where did this come from?" I'm like, I mean, okay. I was like, "All right, whatever." Like this, you know, he's having fun. Okay, but like this was just like you said, it didn't doesn't fit his character. He's not portrayed as a ladies' man. Um, he's not portrayed as a party guy. He's supposed to be 
you know, the archer of infamy, you would think after winning, he would do something infamous and not jump in a hot tub. Archery. <laughs> um, but like not just not jump in a pool and pop some pop some bubbly and, you know, you know, look like a yeah. party guy. Yeah. See, that's why I said why, because I'd block that out of my memory. <laughs> if okay. it was Triple H during his wrestling days doing that, that would have worked. Oh, he, they did do a little bit of that, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. During Triple H's days, he portrayed himself, especially when he was in DX, as a bit of a womanizer. Oh, yeah, so, and the whole, the whole, st- the ball, everyone was a womanizer in the stable. Like, but that could have, you know, uh, that would have worked if he had, if he had stolen the women from him and jumped in the hot tub instead. That would have worked, but it probably wouldn't yeah. have done much for Punishment Martinez. Um, okay so oh actually so one more thing before we go to SummerSlam did you catch NXT this week I did not okay Um, so I'm going to give you a spoiler that is just to further cement why that um, another reason why I just don't buy Cross Uh, he relinquished the title on Wednesday citing injury wow so not only did I not like the fact that they took the title off of Keith Lee um, the guy they put it on can't even perform. Exactly. Which was which was one of the reasons why he was not so popular in Impact, um, because he has difficulty staying healthy, and it would probably possibly be he's probably writing. <clears throat> but you know we don't have any proof of that. So, moving on to SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Okay, so I started. With the pre-show, I didn't watch the pre-show for SummerSlam. I didn't. Well, I skimmed through it, but yes, I watched and, and the match so, the pre-show. Right, that's I watched. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about. I watched the pre-show match, which was uh, Apollo Cruz versus MVP for the U.S. title. MVP. And oh. so my first note was, it's good to see Shelton Orton, even if he is third wheel. Did you just call him Shelton Orton? No, I said Shelton working. Okay, because it sounded like Shelton Orton. I'm like, I've never heard that comparison. It's good to see Shelton working. Yes, it is good to see Shelton working. I, I'm, Even if he is being a third wheel. Well, uh, they look good together as yeah. a table. Well, they look like a unit. And it's. I, I hope this turns into something for him. Um, I said, I wish we could see him, you know, working. Yes. Because Shelton's one of the smoothest all time in the ring. Yes. One of those people who got over it wasn't supposed to. Right. And so they were like, well, we've got to ruin him now. Let's dye his hair gold. Call him the and the gold standard thing could have worked. Well, I think he got that over more than it was ever intended to. Yes, I agree. But then my grievances started. Okay. Since when has MVP been a ring general? When did he get that promotion? Um, I because I you know when I think of ring generals, it's Ric Flair, it's Shawn Michaels, Harley Race, and MVP. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my Mount Rushmore of ring generals. They were. <laughs> it's using not that he's too. bad in the ring, but I I, I, mean, I never call him a ring general. That's my point. Like I think he's good in the ring. He's a decent hand. Maybe he's a ring lieutenant or a ring captain, but no, he's not. A, I wouldn't even say he's a ring major. You know, he's he's a ring 
general. And wait, who 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 did who referred to him as ring general? Um, they kept saying it over and over and over was, and over. I think it was Saxton, something like that. I think Saxton called that match. Um, yeah, he's not a ring general, and especially even 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 if he was a ring general at forty six years old, you're you're not a ring general anymore. Even well, no, that's not true because Flair was still a ring general that age. That's a very rare exception. Most people are not ring generals at 46. Um, Although, you know, AJ Styles is getting close to that, and I'd say he still is. He has a possibility of doing that, yes. Yeah. But, again, few and far between. Um, but my whole thing with this match, I keep worrying that uh, they're going to give up on Apollo Crews. That's what I keep worrying about. Uh and so watching this match, I watched it with bated breath because I was waiting on him to get screwed. One thing I did have a note about real quick was that they did a superplex and then they showed a replay of it. They should not have shown. Mm, yeah. Because that replay showed it looked like MVP took all the brunt of the superplex. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, they shouldn't have shown that one. Maybe being inside the ring in HD is not a not always a good idea. Right. So that was like, yeah, they should have seen it. But then Cruz does end up going over. Uh, and I said, well, maybe they aren't giving up on him. Uh, yeah, which is which is fine for Cruz. My, my problem was I want Cruz to, to do well, but I also want the Hurt Business to, to give a fair, get a fair shake. Um, and they keep having the Hurt Business lose big matches. So it's like you you can't build up this this heel stable if they if they're always losing. Well, I don't think it hurts them to have MVP lose because MVP was introduced or reintroduced as basically a manager, right? And then he starts saying, "Well, I want my old belt back." So mm -hmm. I don't think him losing to Apollo Cruz hurts the group. I think if he beat Apollo Cruz, that hurts Apollo Cruz. Right. Because Apollo Crews has been one of the most underestimated and underutilized workers they've had for yeah. years. Uh, if you saw him in NXT, you know just how good he was. And so it, to see what they did with him once they got him to the main roster, aside from his first, like, they, they immediately put him in a few of Miz for the Intercontinental title, and then they just dropped him. And then he's, right. like, losing... Handicap matches Dolph Ziggler. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just not a good look for anybody. Right. So, it's now that they're doing something with him. I know he's short, okay? Well, yeah, he's short. So many wrestlers are short. That's but, not a detriment. But, to Vince it is. And well, he made AJ can't. He's a little taller than AJ. Yes, but if AJ's kind of, as you said earlier, it's kind of a special case. Yeah. And if, if you don't think that when he's put in Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston or AJ Styles as a champion, he would much rather have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns as champion. Oh, yeah, we know that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I just, I'm hoping they're not giving up on him. Okay. Um, so, I, I hope the same. It uh, this match, if anything, continued to serve the storyline between Cruz and uh, and MVP and in, in the Hurt Business. Um, 
I still think that they're probably going to try that they don't know what they're doing with Cruz because I he's so smiley that I, you can't turn him heel, even though I think a heel run would be cool if he joined the Hurt Business um, and gave him uh, more of an edge. But he's just – he's such a – not that he's such a nice-looking guy as far as, like, he's an attractive guy, but he just looks like such a nice person. I can't see him actually having a believable heel run. So, no, I agree. And and if you've ever seen behind the stuff with him, he is he does come across like the sweetest guy. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like to be the super lovable guy that you can't see ever being mean to somebody. Now uh, speaking of things that you that are the opposite though. Mm-hmm. Next we had Bailey and Sasha in their first match against Asuka. That's correct. And you know, I, I will say this, they because what if y'all don't know what the setup was was Asuka had been cheated out of the Raw Women's Championship by Bacha. Yes. And then uh, and Bailey is of course already the SmackDown Women's Champion. So Asuka challenged both of them to individual matches. And uh, at that point uh, was you know could have left with two titles. So mm-hmm. they told a good story. They had Oscar working on Bailey's shoulder, which they explained Bailey not only has a history of shoulder injuries, but hey, it sets up cross arm breaker, it sets up Oscar lock. Yep. All of that working together. And Bailey's um, been wearing that shoulder tape for months. Right. So they told a good story with that. But then every time I watch them, I go, why are Bailey and Bacha getting pushed after they threw a temper tantrum? Everyone saw it. And Bacha went home and reflected on her navel for months and months and months and whined. I don't get why they're the two women's champions. I, I If it had been me, I'd have, and I think most employers would say, okay, you, you showed bad spirit and, and you and you walked out of the company. I'll hire you back, but I'm not putting you up for promotion anytime soon. You're going to have to prove yourself. Uh, and, you know, for me, I, I just I just don't get it um, why they're, they're being pushed. Um, one thing I noticed was Bailey had, has Bailey model on her tights in gold. And they're, uh, they're the golden role models, and you've got model in your on your tights i i I get it it's not cool but i I get it i got what you're going for okay baby i got i got it you know i mean that was just one of those things so at first i thought it said bailey mode and i was like oh gosh i hope that's nothing like brie mode no we don't want that that's that's pretty botch mode we don't want botch mode well botch modes for well botch mode 2.0 is her partner so and <clears throat> which I have more about that on later. So, um, so Asuka did her running butt to the face move that she does, and it looked especially brutal in one spot on Bailey. Um, Bailey, sorry. Uh, and then we saw Bailey do the player shin breaker, but bring her down on the, the apron mm-hmm. instead of over the knee. I thought that was a cool spot. Yes, it was. Uh, it, looked, it looked like it hurt. Asuka pulled out a code breaker, 
course, they didn't call it that. They just said, knees to the face. I'm like, get a name for this move because people, like Ricochet does it, Asuka does it. Cedric does it. Yeah. Come up with something, call it, you know. Um, Bailey really shouldn't do any submissions whatsoever until she learns how to apply. Because when she was slapping on submissions, the, the knee bars and stuff like that, it looked bad. It looked mm. fake. Um, I'm not saying you got to cinch up and really crank on somebody, but at least make it look real. When Asuka does a cross arm breaker, it looks real. Yes. So, Bailey just doesn't need to do that. Um, so, <clears throat> Bailey kind of wins out of nowhere. Sasha takes a bump for her on her behalf, and then uh, as Asuka's kind of in the ropes, Bailey's small packages are in pins. Right. And it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, there was a little bit of a, uh, but it came out of nowhere. But here's the thing. If you're going to have somebody wrestle two title matches and win one and lose the other, you really need to look at positioning on the card. Because when Bailey went over, everyone in Thunderdome, you just saw every screen just go, ah. Uh. It just took the wind out of their sails. And, I mean, wouldn't Logic say if she's going to win a match, it would be her first one, not her second one? Right. You know, it just kind of deflated the crowd and not in a good way. Um, and then they did this really weak post-match beatdown where they just, like, kind of picked her up and, like, lightly basket tossed her and let her fall on the ground. And I was just like, is that supposed to keep her from competing later? Is that supposed to injure her? It, it just looked really bad. Right. And then I then I ranted a little bit more. I said, I swear if I were Vince, that spoiled brat, that's what, that spoiled brat would be curtain jerking on main event. She would have come back to no fanfare. So I'm talking about Bacha, of course, here. She brings nothing to the division. She is a botch machine and her offense sucks. The only believable offense she has is the Meteora, and that's because she injures people with it. <clears throat> you know, again, if I, I, I think I thought it was a mistake when they put the title on Bailey so quickly afterward when they brought Sasha back, and they're like, "Ooh, look, we're safe. Sasha's back." I'd have just had her walk out on main event. Do a job and just feel, and not even sit, not acknowledge that she was gone until she proved herself again. Uh, I really don't, aside from being Snoop Dogg's cousin and some people thinking she looks good, I just don't see what Sasha brings to the division. Okay. <clears throat> and, um. You know, so, and, and I've tried to see. I've watched. Match after match, I watch matches where people say, "Oh no, she's really good." Mike Matthews, sorry, but she sucks. Um, you know, I'm always I'm I'm very middle of the road. Um, I don't think she's I don't think she sucks, but I'm not one of these people who out here who call her the goat and say she's great. Um, she's a good heel. She's a good character. Um, she hasn't been as sloppy in the past. Um, she hasn't hurt anybody in a while, which is always a good thing. Um, but I, I'm not, 
But in rapid succession, she hurt a lot of people with the same move. Oh, yeah. And and she needed to be held accountable for that. Absolutely. Um, she's been safer lately, which is a good thing. But I'm just, I'm, I'm not, she doesn't have it factor for me. Um, for someone who's supposed to be, and she, she says she believes that she's a top, you know, that she's a top level performer. Um, she's not consistently crisp enough for me to call her that. Um, I, I will, I would, if she, if I had a conversation with her, I would tell her, I think you're, um, I think you're average or a little bit above average. I don't think you're top level, um, with your performance. I think you can be as a character, a top level, um, as a personality, but that's, that's about it. And that doesn't make for, um, greatness for me. So. Well, here's the thing. When you compare her, and as much as I say even Bailey, <coughs> to the other four horse women, there's a noticeable skill difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go, okay, Becky and Charlotte, they are the, the upper echelon. They are the two best. But then you look at Sasha and go, is she at their level? No. She doesn't have the it factor. She doesn't have the smoothness. She doesn't have the... And here's the thing. I'm not saying Charlotte or Becky are perfect, but they've got enough of the package overall mm-hmm. to make them the two top ones. Yeah. There, are, there, there are people who are better workers. There are people who are better talkers. There are people who are better looking. But they've got enough of all of it right, to make them the top two dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, I really had a lot of problems with this next match. Okay. Uh, so the, the raw, next match is the Raw Tag Team Championship. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Not that match. My bad. Okay. Wait. That's the next yeah. The Raw Tag Team, no, well, so it's not this match that you have a problem. So the Raw Tag Team Championship is the next match. The Street Profits, the champions defending versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Okay. No, here's what I had that got me confused. There was a promo by Ray and Dominic that I just didn't feel came off warm or heartfelt. It just kind of came off mm. flat. Yeah. That was what I had notes about. Yes. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> My first note is, what the crap is Andrade wearing? Yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah, because I was just like, huh? And then uh, Garza and Andrade did the same basket toss move that that Bailey and, and Bacha did. Mm-hmm. But they did it on the full. Now, here's the thing. That was more devastating. That's how you make that look like it hurt. And they also went higher with more force. But a spot like that that's supposed to be a beatdown spot, you really shouldn't repeat in back-to-back matches. Right. Because, like, didn't I just say, did they learn that from Bailey and Sasha? What? You know, I mean, that's just one of those little things that the the agent in me is like, no, you shouldn't have done that. There was a cute spot, though, where Garza ran uh, across the ring to build momentum. And then faked out Dawkins again to come in the ring. He's going across the ring to develop momentum. And, they, and it kind of excuse why he's running into the opposing corner. He's kind of like, oh, come on, come on, come on. And then turn around and ran back. I thought that was a cute spot. Because it, it, well, why is he running to the other side where his opponent is? And he's like, ah, that was right. cool. You know. 
because you do see guys do that a lot nowadays. Mm-hmm. And the opponent doesn't try to punch him or grab him or trip him or anything like that, and it makes both of them look dumb. Right. But he ran across and he kind of stopped. He, right, come on, come on. Boom, ran across yeah. the ring. Um, I, I, um, I did think match. the prof- I'm sorry, go ahead. I did think the Prophets seemed off that night. Like, they just weren't in time. The, the Prophets did seem off this night. Um, they looked better on Raw. Uh, well, Montez well, they usually better look better in, in general, I would yes. say. But they just seemed off. Uh, they did seem off. Um, the green was definitely off. Um, I don't. I, the the blue and gold, the black and gold, um, even the red and gold. Uh, but that green and gold was not working. Um, Montez has a body. He should not have been in the singlet. That was also just did not work for me. Um, and them, them seeing them feeling off in their timing and such made this match uh, worse for me than it should have been to me because these teams have good chemistry together. Yeah. Um, it should have been probably a, a B match when I would probably say it was like a, a C minus match. Yeah, I'd say probably straight C, but it was just an average match. Um, the one thing I did pop big for was he, he basically did a twisted bliss frog splash. Yes, and he did another one Monday, and um, I, I think that such made, crazy hype. He gets that. such elevation; it's insane how high he gets. So, uh, and I'm, um, I mean, it's not as pretty as the original twisted bliss because she's in was in. A gymnast and knows how to turn her body the right, right. way. And, He's doing and, a summer and, and smooth, right? But it wasn't as smooth as that. But the height is more, and and then I, I don't know why I've done the frog splash, and I, I and I know it doesn't add any impact. But whenever anybody does the body jackknife, it feels like it adds something. It looks like it gives yeah. something to it. Oh yeah, and, and that's, that's what made Dilo. It probably like, takes away from it, to be honest. But, probably, yeah. But. I mean, it, 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 then if you just went with your whole body and boom, but right, but that motion looks when you hit that motion, uh, it looks it looks so devastating, and he does it he does it very well. And having that twist um, in air, turning that turn in air, it's like I've never seen anybody move in air like that doing a frog splash, but RVD. And, I was about to say RVD, but then you said RVD. Yeah, like there's the I'm like because no one else would would move like that or turn like that and still have the precision to land that frog splash, but he can, he can do it. So, yeah, that was I mean, so that actually pulled it up. That that finish pulled it up for me. But, yes, it did. But the rest of the match seemed off. Then we got a Bailey and Bacha promo. And before it even started, I wrote, this is going to suck. And I wrote, Bailey is not a good promo. Then I wrote, Sasha is a bad promo, too. Um, well, and then, I've seen Sasha. And I've said, promo. she's not a consistent I, promo. I, I've seen, I said, I've seen better promos in backyard wrestling. Okay. And and, and, I, and I don't mean the back here wrestling can be my friends. We actually had some good promos, but um, if but I mean I'm talking about like if you're watching those backyard videos where they're like I'm coming in, I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna I'm like, no, some of those were better than than this promo because it was just 
so forced and so awkward and so painful. It was like a Charlotte Flair promo. No, Charlotte Flair's promos are better than that. Well, I mean, Ashley's promos are all right until she starts wooing. And then it's like, oh, stop. Well, here's the thing. Her promos are good usually if she's a heel and she's talking and she's being cocky and snarky. Yes. When she's a baby face, it doesn't come off genuine. Right. Because she carries the same tone. Right. Charlotte Flair and Randy Orton should never be baby faces. Ever. Ever. They should always be heels. Um, So then they advertise, I made a note about this, they advertise WB cookie sandwiches and I really, I said they really, it's legit, that's a shoot, they cannot be beat. <laughs> because I was at I was at Giant, and I saw that they had them, and they were on sale, and I bought them, and those are delicious. <laughs> uh, I haven't tried them. I forgot they existed, and then I saw that spot, and, I'm, and then and you heard Becky, and I'm like, wow, I I kind of forgot about Becky. Having you know since she's been off TV, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I and they're worth trying, my man. I mean, I, I had the family try them, and they were going, yeah. That's okay. good. I have to. Might have to check that out. Um, so next we have uh, a grudge match. No DQ. Um, loser leaves the WWE, um, which is Manny Rose versus Sonya Deville. Now and here and here's the thing. I, I'm sitting here right now. I'm. We- you can see I'm wearing a, a Sonya Deville shirt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've always been a big fan of Manny Rose, even when she was getting squashed in NXT. I did not enjoy this match. I, I did not either. Yeah. Uh, I, at I mean, first, I, well, leading up, you know I'm not a, a big Manny Rose fan. Um, well, here I was thought, what I... Well, no, I ahead. think she looks better with the haircut. Yeah, I was going to... That was one minute. I said, one, I said, Sonya, Sonya looks smoking tonight. I yeah. think she's a very yeah. underrated beauty. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she's absolutely uh, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ever heard her talk, you know she is a beautiful person inside as well. Um, I love Mandy's new hair, but I said, but what is she wearing? Well, I didn't like her hair. Mandy's hair slicked back. Um, but I do like the, the new length and it really makes her a lot prettier, but I don't know what her gear was. Yeah. That was terrible. She looked like something a farmer's daughter would be wearing in glow. If glow was on today. Uh, yeah, possibly. Oh, it, no, you know, it looked like something out of wow. Oh, well, is the 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 bastard grandchild of Glow? So, yep. Um, the bastard child, if you're wondering, was Pal, but that's a whole different story. Um, so, uh, at first, I I, I liked it at the beginning because they were fighting and they were brawling. That's what an ODQ match should be. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I noted that, uh, but Mandy did need to work on her punches and her forms. And and the only thing that looked good that she did was she kept on going for those pump kicks because that was the only thing that looked decent. Pump knees, yeah. yeah. And I have a note about that down here. For her. So first, so here's something I really hate. Okay, they pulled out like they were going to do a table spot. Okay. If you don't know how table spots work, it takes about 300 pounds of pressure to break a table if it doesn't have reinforcement under it. Right. 
Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville together are not 300 pounds. No. And they, and it would take a lot to create enough pressure to break a table when there's a body laying on it that is kind of giving it out. Yeah, it was absorbing some of that pressure, yes. I don't, I'm not saying this as a chauvinistic thing. I'm saying this as a, as a physics aspect. They should not be trying the chair spot, the table spots with women because every time they try it, it doesn't work unless they pre-break the table. Or yeah, because they don't have. Remember when yeah, most most women they they haven't been doing them very well. Um, remember when Charlotte kept throwing Sasha into the chair into the table, into the and, table. And, and it wouldn't break and she's smacking her head against it every time it, 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 she did it like five times it was ridiculous it was like give it give it up it's not good yeah. and there have been other matches that you know if you've got two women doing a, a dive off on one or, or on two like they did once with Lake Pool mm-hmm. that works right but it's very hard to break those tables. I've seen guys try to break tables doing that that are yeah, bigger. We've seen men get power bombed onto them and the table not break. Right. So, well, I mean, I saw a guy do a, a set, uh, do a, a swanton onto a table, you know, with somebody on it and it didn't break. Right. You know? So that's, there's a lot of, I, I just don't like seeing that spot now. There was a spot where Mandy Rose uh, did a dive off the announcer's table, and I said, "And I said, Lucha Rose uh, for that." Um, really shouldn't do the tail spots. <laughs> and then there was there there was something odd that happened where they were doing. Um, I may even made the comment. I said, "Look, it's cleavage cam because they're like shooting right down Mandy Rose's shirt." Yep. And I, you know, I I, I knew eventually in the back going, "I love it." I love it, you know. And Kevin Dunn's going booby, booby, but <laughs> the screen went black for about two seconds, and I was wondering if there. And, and I'm going, and was there a wardrobe malfunction or something that happened, or did somebody put something on one of the TVs that they didn't want to say because they it blacked out yeah. for a good two seconds and then came back. It was it was odd. Yeah, and I and it was it was like okay, you know. Um, I at that point I made the the, the note that I, I liked Thunderdome. I liked it. Okay. I like it a lot better than having NXT wrestlers out there. Like, semi yeah, social distancing and kind of pulling for the right people. And- well, not even that. Like they're they're you're, you can tell they're forcing them to do chant. You know, this is awesome right. and all this stuff. And like, you know, that's just that was just corny. So I, I think I like Thunderdome as a setup a whole lot more than what they were doing. Um, you know, with the uh, development developmental talent uh, being well, the crowd. And here's the thing too. A lot of people have talked about how what's hurting the wrestlers is that they're not getting a reaction to feed off of. This gave them reactions to feed off of. Maybe not the same as a live crowd. Right. But they got something. Yes. You know. So I like Thunderdome. Um, that was my little side note. And I said, uh, 
and then I said, I went back to the thing with the table because they went back to the tables. I said, unless Naya or Tamina is involved, table spots don't go well. Yeah, um, that, that's, that's true. Um, and also, it took like five minutes for Mandy to even set the table up. Right. I'm like, if she, if, like, if she's not strong enough to pick up the table, then they really shouldn't have had this involved at all. Well, if you can't move the table around, why am I going to believe you can move a human being around? Right. And then I, I and then I made up. She talked about the one move she could throw well. She kept throwing, and that was those pump knees. Mm-hmm. And I said, "How many knees is Mandy going to throw?" And then she hits her finisher, waits for her to stand back up, and hits another knee. Right. And got. And then the match just kind of ended, and I was like. And I was, um, so I was, I was watching this while I was, um, what was I doing? I was playing, I think I was playing Grand Theft Auto. Um, and I, while I was watching this and I was talking to, um, our former guest who, uh, you missed, uh, independent wrestler out of Mississippi, LB Hughes. And when he was watching at the same time as we were playing, and I was like, wow, Mandy hit that finish. It looked really good. Okay, cover her. And then she put it on and she hit it with the knee. I'm like, what What was that? Like, why? Yeah. You need to move that wasn't the pump knee that looked good. If you you're, you're going to let her get back up, don't hit her with the move you've already hit her with 15 times. Right. My note on that was that match just ended with yeah. the knee. That wasn't good. I'm a fan of both, but Mandy was not ready to control the offense. Hill should always be controlling the offense. <laughs> Sonya's obviously the better worker. I think Mandy would be the first one to tell you that, too. But she's got to go away and take care of some personal stuff. WWE is in love with Mandy, and she is their prototype that mm-hmm. they go for anyway. Yep, she's Vince's type. But, uh, yeah, this wasn't good and it hurts me to say that because um i've listened to both of them outside the ring i think i love both of them i'm a huge sonia deville fan and i can't wait for her to come back but this was just uh bad like i would like if you ask me i'd say i give it like a d minus Okay. Um, it, it wasn't Hulk Warrior 2, so it doesn't get nap. Oh, <laughs> Hulk Warrior 2. Oh, that was. Well, you got to have a litmus. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong at that. <laughs> so uh, for me, it's like Flair Steamboat Series, Flair Michaels retirement match. Mm-hmm. At one end, the other end, you've got. Whole quarter two. So that's my litmus test. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but so yeah, this was just it was it was rough. Um, anyone who you know knows what went on outside the ring, um, involving Sonia and Mandy even being present for that, understands why Mandy lost the match. Um, Sonia. I'm sorry, Sonia lost the match, um, and understandably, you know well, that he needs the time. You want to go into that a little bit? Uh, 
we can we can shortly go into it. Just give us the Reader Digest version. Reader's Digest version. Um, Sonia um, had Manny at her house. Sonia had a male um, break into her home in an attempt to kidnap her, um, which he admitted. And so luckily she and Mandy fooled the invader um, to thinking that they ran away upstairs. Uh, so he went the wrong direction. Um, and then, the, you know, he was ended up being apprehended. So she's got, you know, legal um, things to deal with. And originally this was supposed to be a hair versus hair match um, where Sonia was going to lose and go bald. But uh, allegedly her attorney suggested that she should not cut her hair. Uh, for court's sake, because they want her to look sympathetic, as obviously she was a victim in the situation. So they changed it to the loser leaves WWE. Um, so obviously the trauma of having your home broken into nearly being kidnapped on top of uh, having you know court dates around that, uh, Sonya Deville will be having some time off of WWE television. And we all uh, say a prayer for and uh, you know wish her the best and hope she's back soon. Yes, indeed. Yeah. For the record, I've got like three Sonya shirts. I'm a big fan of hers. I mean, it's nowhere near my, my epic Alexa it's nowhere, collection. It's nowhere near your Alexa Beth collection, but uh, yeah, we're both uh, we're both Sonya Deville fans. Yeah. Such a sweet girl, too. Indeed. Um, so the next match we now, have... Now I'm going to get pissed off. Okay. <laughs> so let me... Let's just talk about what this should have been. Okay. This should not have been a one-on-one match. Okay, well, but let's let's tell everyone what the match was. So okay, the next okay. match you're is right, you're right, you're right. Street Fight, Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Okay, this should not have been a singles match. This should have been a tag match. Because then you okay. can protect Dominic a little bit better. You have more people to stir the drink, so to speak, mm-hmm. and can guide him. <clears throat> and here's what they should have done. Dominic comes out, challenges Seth. Seth and Murphy are in the ring. Mm-hmm. Dominic stand on the ramp. I want you, Seth, blah, blah, blah. Ray comes out. No, Dominic, I can't let you do that. You can't face him alone. This is going to be a tag match. If you're going to do this, it's going to be a tag team match. Okay. Seth says, oh, Ray, you've only got one eye, but if you if that's what you want, I'll gladly accept the tag team match against Dominic. Ray says, I didn't say I was his partner. Boom, boom, boom. Out comes Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez mm. comes out. Seth sees him, takes a bump, lands on his butt just from shock. Now you've got someone who is a legitimate killer yeah. in the ring with this inexperienced pup. <clears throat> because they're going to keep Ray on the sidelines where he you know, has lost his eye or what have you. Then... You bring someone in, and you do the street fight because then you can protect King as well. Because while King's doing very well in everything I've seen him do in the ring, mm-hmm. he's still new. But you got Murphy and and Tyler Black in there that can really lead the way. And you do it as a street fight, and then you can change some things up. Okay. <laughs> that was what they should have done. Or they should have just had a regular match. Did a lot of the same things, not the beatings with the sticks and everything, which, by the way, the the beating leading up to it was one of the most brutal things. Uh, I basically sent my daughter out of the room for that. 
because was that was that was rough. But instead of doing all that in in the match, they should have said, "I've even held off on that beating." Okay. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done that yet. I would have had Dominic just challenge him to if they weren't going to do a tag match, just challenge him to a straight up match. Okay. And then do the spot where they handcuff Ray, where Ray's trying to get involved, and they handcuff Ray, and he can't get to Dominic. And Seth just over and over again stomps him and stomps him and stomps him. Gives him three, four, five stomps, okay? okay. <clears throat> where where either the referee just steps in and stops it, mm-hmm. or, you know, Ray reaches around and calls for the ringside towel, and he throws the towel in. Okay. All right? then, you know, then Dominic says, okay, this is my first time, you know, next night in Raw, week after that in Raw, whatever. Hey, it was my first match. You one up me. I shouldn't have challenged you to wrestle match. You're a better wrestler than I am. Mm-hmm. I'll chat, but I want to get my revenge. And he comes out and he talks on it. And then they do the beat down where they rip his shirt off and they beat him with the sticks. Okay. <clears throat> now he can say, okay, you may be a better wrestler than I am, but I never said you were a better fighter than I am. Then mm. you do the street fight. Then you do the street fight, yeah. Then you do it. Starting a feud, essentially, with a street fight is not the way you go. No, I, it, it, I thought that was odd to yeah. have the first match of a feud be a street fight. So that's what they should have done. So let's talk about what they did. And my first thought before I even put all that in my head of, hey, this isn't what they do. Excuse me. Again, I know Cain Velasquez is not the perfect choice, but it's just the fact that he is a killer. If you have him come out and you have Seth sell it, do that spot where he jumps back and lands on his butt and he's just, you know, Murphy, go get him, you know. And then Murphy runs out there, Velasquez hits him, knocks him out cold. Seth scrampers all away. You could have really done something with that. But my first thought was, why couldn't this have been a tag team or six man? Mm-hmm. A debut match on a major pay-per-view one-on-one you know, just doesn't make any sense. Right. <clears throat> so, if you look back, I remember thinking, people thinking David Flair was a good worker because his first match was tag teaming with his dad against two of the other best workers in the business, Barry Wyndham and Kurt Hennig. And they shined him up. Yeah. And I remember people going, oh man, David Flair's going to be a star. And we saw how that turned out. But a tag match can protect you. And a one-on-one yeah. match doesn't make sense, especially at one of the big three pay-per-views. Right. Or big four, whatever you want to call it. But I'd say it's really the big three. SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. Yeah. The Survivor so, Series isn't what it used to be. Right. And I never thought Survivor Series was at the same level either. But in the beginning, because it's just tag team matches. Right. So... You know, I didn't know that that Kane beating was brutal. Um, I, I I popped when I realized that Seth was wearing uh, an identical outfit to Ray's Halloween Havoc '97. I thought Halloween. that was great when he came out, and I was like, he is wearing the Mysterio purple question marks WCW style. Like that is fantastic. Well, it's it still looked great. Phantom costume. Yes, yeah. but, but it looked great. Heel heel heat right off the bat. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was good. There's bad cheap heat and good cheap heat, and that was good cheap heat. Mm-hmm. I, 
and it fit because Seth walks out, and you could tell he runs when everybody runs what he was doing because he, he just got that smirk on his face. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Tyler Black doesn't get enough credit, and I've said it time and time again, but he's a guy who works well as a heel or a baby face. Yeah. And he, you know, and he can work as both. You know, when he was baby face and he wrestled for over an hour on TV, and then, and then he comes out as a heel and he's just so smarmy, you know. But, I mean, he, he, he's a guy that I've really seen women go from, oh, he's good-looking, oh, he's a creep, you know. I, I lean towards more on the on the heel for Rollins, but he can do both, most definitely. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I said at least they got something for Dominic that flattered his finger, because Dominic, you know, you can't make fun unless you're in the same situation, but Dominic doesn't have the best body. He, he's, built least, he's built differently, yeah. And and they found something that, that was more flattering to him. They did. Here's my first note on the match itself. This is not a street fight, okay? Their wrestling match was getting in the way of my fight, okay? <clears throat> this made me mad because when you tell me there's going to be a street fight, right? that should have been from the very beginning, not trading holds, not trading spots, but it should have been a fight. Yeah, should have been a brawl. Yeah, should have done was they face off. Seth Pie faces Dominic. Dominic turns back and looks at him. Seth Pie faces him again. He goes to it a third time. Dominic kicks him in the ding ding, runs out of the ring, grabs the cane, runs in, starts wailing on Seth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Buddy Murphy hops up and pops him. Turns around. Seth catches him in the gut. Now you got a fight bull. Yeah, that's how they should have done it. Instead, they went, okay, this street fight, he put out his dad's eye, they beat him with a cane within an inch of his life, Yeah. and they're just going to go wrestle? <laughs> Dude, if, if I did that to your dad, and then I beat you with a cane, you're not going to try to work a side headlock on me when you get your hands on me. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be... Uh that calm i'm going to be angry i'm going to be enraged it's not going to be there's not going to be anything uh strategic and you know you're so it's going to be supposed to be a brawl it's supposed to be a fight yeah so that the fact that that wrestling match was getting in the way of my fight um kind of annoyed me there was a really uh dominant countered the buckle bomb and it just looked really ugly Mm -hmm. um and I, my note on Dominic's work is a lot of people were popping for and commenting on, oh, he did ray, some Ray signature spots. But I think he's com- he's focusing too much on the sizzle and not enough on the steak, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. He's going for the flash and not the substance. And, and, and you need to have good basics if you're going to be a good worker. So... I also wondered how Mysterio is all of a sudden a last name because Ray's always said, you know, Ray Mysterio means king of mystery. Right. So how is that a last name now? Well, probably because he's, there was Ray Mysterio and he's Ray Mysterio Jr. And people don't understand. Actually, he'd be Ray Mysterio III. Yes. Well, but he was billed as Ray Mysterio Jr. for all those years. So well, I, no, I thought you were talking about Dominic saying he was Ray Mysterio. No, no, no. I'm talking no, no. about because I because even though WWE always called him Ray Mysterio, I've always referred to him as Ray Mysterio Jr. 
Um, so Dominic just so I guess to me that's why they they have found it easy to just make it like it's a last name and when the family when they showed up at the family and he showed up with Dominic and his wife they're like hey here's a mysterious family. Um, but as much as they they, they, they they try to work real life into it, don't you think they could have been like, this is Dominic Gutierrez, this is Ray's son? But most people do not know that Ray is Oscar Gutierrez. I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, how many people knew Roman Reigns' real name before he came out and said, I have leukemia? Oh, you and I did. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know how many people did. Um, Joe Anawaki. Yes, I don't. I don't know how many people knew that Joe was in Hawaii. I mean, we knew that he was fit. They knew he was family, but they didn't probably know, um, or that you know, or that the Usos are five twos, like you know. But anyway, then they did a spot off the top where, where Dominic did a, a Russian leg sweep with the uh, with the uh, um, put the cane over over Seth's throat and did the Russian leg sweep back through a table, which I don't know if that looks familiar to you or not. That's an old Sandman spot. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like I've seen this before, but yeah. um, yeah, I was like, I was oh my God, white Russian leg sweep through the table. You no, know, and, and, I, and I said, I see this before, I'm watching it, and I'm seeing this before, and I'm like, they man would do that all the time. That's this. That's the Russian leg sweep with the kendo stick, and um, so that was cool. That was a cool. That was cool to see. I didn't expect to see that. Um, I liked that spot. That was probably my favorite spot of the entire match. Uh, here's here's what got me. They said he did a frog splash, and they said, "Oh, he did, he's doing that as a tribute to his uncle Eddie." Now. I could be wrong here, but isn't Eddie supposed to be Dominic's real father? <laughs> He's his poppy. I mean, I mean, shouldn't shouldn't he? I mean, they're still selling "I'm Your Poppy" shirts on WABGShop.com. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, they're still selling those shirts. So, I mean, shouldn't they say he's doing this as a tribute to his biological father, Ray Mysterio, uh, or Eddie Guerrero? Guerrero. Yeah. <clears throat> so that. That just was kind of one of those things where it's like, you guys can't keep up on your own stories. Um, then right after that, Dominic botched taking a super kick. And I was like, ooh, that's, oh, this is why you don't do a one-on-one -on -one match in a debut on major pay-per-view. Yeah, for, for and Dominic's what? Right. 19, 20? I think he's 20. Yeah. And he was doing something that really bothered me just from a pain point of view. He was bowing his back up when he was taking those king shots on the ground. Where basically he's putting his spine right out there instead of flattening his back to absorb that shot across him. He was taking him right across his spine instead. And that, with all the spine problems I have, that just unnerved me to no end. I'm like, don't bow your back. Don't bow your back. Right. When you bow your back, it it pronounces the spine and that spine takes it but if you flatten your back and your table then your whole back can absorb that cane shot mm -hmm. and not your spine that can cripple you but you know what do i know <laughs> um <clears throat> i said if this were a shoot wouldn't ray have thrown in the towel because i mean dominic's just getting the crap beat out of him if ray's really the caring father there were a couple times in there we have to go. Shouldn't Ray be throwing in the towel? I mean, Bret Hart's mom did. 
Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I kind of knew they were going to have her come out. I didn't want her to come out. Um, but You're talking about his mom now. Yes, Dom, yes. Ray's wife, um, who is really much... This is Mysterio. This is Mysterio, mm-hmm. yes. Um, what's her name? Jen? Something like that? Um, right. A lot taller than Ray. Um, Dude, my daughter's taller than Ray. <laughs> That's true, probably. <laughs> um, but she's significantly taller. It's probably why his Dominic's body is so weird because his his uh his genetics are are all like I don't know what's going on. Um I don't know. I, I thought I thought for Dominic being put in a tough situation to have to work with Rollins, uh who's such a who's such a gifted performer in a street fight, um, on a pay per view, I thought he did really well considering everything that Composure um, wise, yes. Performance wise, no. Yeah. Because um, my next note was this is turning into a train wreck. <clears throat> and then after he gets the beat down, I said, well, things don't go well for people brought in by Ray. Because immediately what happened to Kane in his first, or after his first match. Yeah. And then if you, and now Dominic, it's like, wow, you know, align yourself with Ray isn't really doing you any favors. So, then, did you have any more to add to that? Uh, no. Because I'm, I'm losing my voice, so I want to spike through this real quick. Mm-hmm. So, let me, I'm just going to read my notes on the Bacha Asuka match, and then we'll, we'll just cover, okay? Okay. All right. So, right after I noted that Bacha's offense sucks, she did a really cool looking side sunset flip power bomb to the floor. Yes, that was a that really looked like cool it hurt. Yes, it did. Yeah. And I think and I, I was like, all right. Head bounce off the off the floor. And maybe that had an effect on my for my next note because I noted that um uh even Asuka seemed like she was off in this match. Yep, I thought she got dazed after that after yeah. that one. Uh and <laughs> If he's listening, I love you, Mike. But I said, Mike Matthews probably thinks this is match of the year, but yeah, it sucks. <laughs> love you, Mike. Uh, <clears throat> at least, uh, but then, I didn't. at this point in the night, I was losing interest in taking notes, and I just wrote, at least the right person went over. So they told the same story they did where, where in the earlier match, Sasha sacrificed herself for Bailey so that Bailey keep the title. They went for almost the exact same spot. But Bailey moved out of the way. Right. And then Asuka was able to counter Sasha's attack into the Asuka lock. Bailey ended up getting bumped out of the ring right before that and couldn't get in the ring to make the save before Sasha tapped out, giving Asuka the belt back. Um, so I, I think if you had beaten Asuka twice in one night, that would have just been too much. Oh, yeah. And so I was glad to see that she not only didn't just win by like a DQ or something, she actually got the belt back and you told a good story of, well, why didn't, wasn't Bailey willing to take that same bump? Why wasn't Bailey willing to sacrifice herself for her friend? Well, it looks like they're, they're, you know, they're building back up for, uh, you know, uh, Bailey versus, versus Sasha and for one of them to turn on each other. And I said, hopefully this means they're splitting and dropping tag straps, which are supposed to have been tag straps tomorrow. 
Yeah. Or two days from now, excuse me. So <clears throat> that left, uh, you know, if they lose the tag titles, and now Sasha doesn't have any belts, and ba- and Bailey still has a title. Do you yeah, really think they're going to drop the tag titles to um, Denia and and Baszler? That seems to just like, hey, they just threw that tag team together. That does seem that way. Um, and I'm not saying it has to be uh, Sunday. It could be uh, even on Raw to the Iconics or to uh, Bliss and Cross or to whoever else right. is around. <laughs> that could be a viable team. Um, but, and boy, is Shayna Baszler an afterthought at this point. Yeah. On the push they gave her. Um, <clears throat> now, I, I noted this to you earlier um, that night. I said, talking about Drew Norton, I said, Drew's comments were on the notes. Was he shooting? Yeah, he sure did say that. He said Randy Orton was a, a selfish prick who never shared with anybody and had everything given to him on a silver spoon. And I'm just like, you're a little too on the nose with this one, buddy. But, uh, and then of all things, I, I these were my only notes on the match. That, I was so tired of taking notes by this point. I just wrote, did Drew really win with a backslide? Yeah. Words of Shawn Michaels, and he beat him with a backslide. My notes on this match were I got bored. And I don't know who to blame. Uh, I don't know if I need to blame Drew or Randy or both. But I don't even know if they're the ones to blame. It was just that this card was so lackluster overall. I think it's hard to keep paying attention by this point. Maybe. I, I just, this match, I found this match boring. Um, I would have to go back and watch this match as a standalone and decide that for myself mm-hmm. because I was losing steam at that point. Okay. And I only made uh, I, and I only made one note on the Bray Braun match. So, I mean, if that tells you anything. Uh, well, the, that match was a bit boring, too. Um, I don't think I was losing steam. I don't think that match was long enough to be boring. It was like a lot of big spots. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, and I I mean their their previous their previous match was better. Um, I don't know. I like. I mean, we're not talking about Bruno, Drew and Fort now. We're in the final match, but I like the way that they told the story of Braun being frustrated he couldn't beat the Fiend. Yeah, tries to tear the ring up to, to expose it, and it ends up hurting him in the end. Right. When he gets Sister Abigail on the, the wood and bare wood and pin. I thought that was a good story because he's looking for a way because he could beat Bray Wyatt. <clears throat> he was beating the cult leader Bray Wyatt and then the Fiend intervened, but he couldn't beat the Fiend. Right. And then... Because we uh, know you can, you can stack 800 chairs on top of the Fiend and he'll kick out. Right. <clears throat> Which is what was cool about the Fiend until they had him lose to Goldberg. Or just Rollins stomping him, you know, but. but. But Rollins never beat him. He beat Rollins. Right, but. Uh, but. Over was just. Yeah, but the, 
but then put, oh, surprise return for Reigns. Why is he wearing blue contacts? Um, see, everyone was talking about his eyes and his teeth, and I didn't even notice. I was just... Um, <laughs> well, normally he has teeth. brown eyes, like most Samoans, and yeah. he, but he was wearing blue contacts, and it was it was pretty obvious. Um, I didn't notice his teeth. Um, and Twitter blew up over his teeth. Um, they were like, he's got some new veneers on or something. They were calling saying he looked like a horse. Um, yeah, Twitter went nuts. Um, I was just glad to see something different out of Roman. Um, you know, being that he attacked both guys, he was talking trash to both of them. Um, of course, it's not fully established whether this is a heel turn or not. I'm hoping it's not. Turn. Um, it's not. <clears throat> It had heel vibes to it, at least. And that shirt does not look like a, did not read like a face t-shirt. Yeah, but they're never going to turn Roman fully heel. Because he's Vince's boy and he's, they seem as the cash cow. Um, yeah. Same I, reason they cool. wouldn't turn Cena heel. It would be cool if Retribution was um, following, you know, Roman's orders and he had a you know, full heel turn, but you're probably right, but I'm... I'm just hoping Retribution leads to something for Santana. Yeah, I, you know, I, I posted today, you know, asking for people to give their ideas on who Retribution is. And um, no one's well, interested in Santana. I, I'm i one... It was one of the... In the Raw, in the raw attack, the Linton, or was it SmackDown attack? No, it was SmackDown. She was confirmed to be one of the people that was involved in that. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people were guessing. Were guessing Mia Yim. Um, some people were guessing Ember Moon. Um, Dominic. Uh, Dominic. Wow, Dar- Ember Moon. I'd completely forgotten about her. Well, I don't think it's Ember Moon. I think. Um, no, I'm just saying I'd forgotten about her. Well, she's been out for so long, you know, with the injury. Um. And uh, so, yeah, so some of the people were saying Dominic, uh, Dietro, however you ever say that name, Dietrichovic or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, people were saying Dio Madden is the black dude. Um, it's kind of hard to keep. Uh, that was one girl, I forget her name, but that you could see her pink hair sticking out. And she had done a job on NXT that week. Pink hair. I don't remember pink hair. Um. Uh, I think Kate's looking. See, some people were saying Caden. What did they give Caden last name? Caden something. Um. Yeah, I wonder. <clears throat> If there is, or when and if they're going to bring back Ember Moon, because she's another one of those people they pushed to the moon and then just dropped. Or pushed within a breadth of the moon and then just went, boom. But yeah, that was all the notes I have for SummerSlam. So do you, so so with Payback being in a couple days now, do you think they're going to put the, they're going to ping pong this belt? Um, and ping pong it on the bro, um, onto Brock and the Brock onto Reigns. It would not surprise me. 
it really wouldn't. And Brock's look bald. And I'm sorry, Braun's look look bald is this. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Looked it, he looked too much like a, a shorter Big Show. So yeah, that I mean that match. Uh, it was just it was rough for me. Um, I I like Bray. I like the Fiend gimmick. I think it's the best character. I think Bray's had the best character gimmicks in the past five plus years. Um, I don't think he needs the belt, but I don't mind him having the belt. I'm just tired of them ping-ponging these things. We're supposed to have some credence to this universal title, and they keep ping-ponging the belt around, putting it on 50-year-old men. Um, you know, Braun didn't really have a strong run with uh, as a universal champion. Uh, we know he was a, a replacement for it anyway because he intended to put it on Reigns at WrestleMania to begin with. But, you know, it's just... Yeah. Let's... Uh... So, just to review, we've got Bailey and Sasha against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Apollo Crews defending the United States title against Bobby Lashley. The Fiend against Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, it says. And Braun Strowman. Uh, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton in a singles match. Right. Uh, Dominic and Ray against Rollins and Murphy. And then Matt Riddle against King Gordon. I cannot. He tell, hasn't I, been around forever. I, I I cannot tell you how little I'm looking forward to that last match. Oh, you love King Corbin. What are you talking about? That's your guy. You know, here's the thing. When he was in NXT and he first came up, I really liked him. Uh, but since they like shaved him and like they gave him the bad run with the money in the bank and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. he's just lost the steam. And no matter how much they try to put under him, it's, he's not getting the steam back. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, and they should have you know capitalized when this when he had the steam going. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see tomorrow how everything pans out. Or, excuse me, Sunday. It cut cut you off. Say that again? It's going to be interesting to see how things pan out on Sunday. Yeah, and I just don't understand why we have a pay-per-view so quickly. Like, what? They haven't done one this quickly since this Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. Okay, well, according to Wikipedia, Roman Reigns is a heel now. Oh, anybody can edit Wikipedia, so that means... Right. That's why I prefaced it with according to Wikipedia. Yeah. It says, Reigns aligned himself with Paul Heyman, this turning heel in the process for the first time since 2014. So whatever that's worth. My name is Paul Heyman. And I am the advocate, sir. For Barack Lesnar. If you will allow me another volley, sir. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Lesnar showed up and somehow won all the belts. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Brock Lesnar is now your WWE champion, Universal champion, United States champion, Intercontinental champion, Cruiserweight champion, and tag team champions of both brands all at the same time. 
there was a um you know who Adam Bonfier is? No. He is an English uh video caster. Okay. YouTuber. And they did a thing with him where he it had a huge following and they as part of a, a group that used to be around well still is around but he's with a different company now but he they did like a Q&A with him like how they should book Wrestlemania and it was the year that Taker and Roman was the main event and that's the first question they asked him how should they be and he says Taker loses to Roman after one spear and then his answer to every question afterwards was Roman wins one spear. <laughs> so like whatever the women's title match was that year, um, it was like Roman Reigns comes down, wins the women's championship with one spear. <clears throat> That's what you're reminding me of when you said Brock win all the titles. Yeah, Brock win all the titles. Yeah, here's the thing, like, whenever anybody criticizes Brock, people, you know, even Arn Anderson, go, well, Brock's special, and he doesn't need to wrestle all the time, and, you know, okay, but if he's that special, he doesn't need the belt all the time, either. Right. Because he leaves, gets the belt, he comes back when they're going to give him the belt, they take the belt off him, he leaves. So, I mean... They don't really need the belt on him if he's that special. You know, you know, does someone make the belt or does the belt make the person? And there are a lot of other people who would benefit more from having belts mm-hmm. than Brock Lesnar. If he's so special, he doesn't need the belt. Right. So, you know, at the same time, if, if Roman was that special, he doesn't need the belt. Hey, Cena didn't have to have the belt ball. Yeah, but it kind of felt like he had the bet all the time. But if you look at the facts and figures, especially in the 2010s, there were some big stretches where he didn't have the belt, where Sheamus had the belt, Orton had the belt, even Miz had the belt. And, uh, I mean, John won it a lot, but he didn't seem to have... Uh, he had some fairly short reigns, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, although... Oh. He was always figuring in as a top guy. Same with Undertaker. Undertaker, I mean, he he'd have the title every now and then, but you know. Yeah, Taker and Taker didn't have many belt. lengthy reigns, and he didn't have that many reigns. Period. Right. Why? Because he didn't need him. He just didn't need him. Yeah, he didn't need him. So. You know, to me, if Brock's especially doesn't need the belt. Of course he's special. He's a beast incarnate. He's Brock. Hey, hey, hey remember when Brock Wrestler could actually wrestle and he didn't, didn't just rely on doing German suplexes all the time? I, I do remember that. I do, I do. Much, it was a good time. As much grief as I give Brock, and as much as I'm not even an Undertaker fan, Brock and Undertaker at in 2002 is still my favorite Hell in a Cell match. That was really good. That's that's, that's up there. 
that's that's number one. Number two is the first hell of itself. That's yeah, that one's my number one, but uh I mean that's that's that that's a really good one. Brock was he was impressive. My pet peeve is when people go, No, Foley and Undertaker was the best hell in the cell match. No, it had the best spots, but as a match it wasn't really that good. No, it it really wasn't. I said best match, not best spots. It just had the biggest memorable spots. Right. And everybody remembers the spot that according to Mick Foley hurt the least. Right. And the one but, that scared me the most is when he went through the cage. Yeah. Well, when the chair smacked him on top of the head. That, yeah. 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 All right. So as we draw to a close of this episode of Breaking, Breaking Ring Rust, uh, it's time for some fantasy booker. I booked a match here for JT to uh, give me a finish for. Oh, wow. We haven't done this in a while. I know. <laughs> so today um, it is a six-woman tag team match. The Riot Squad of Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and the now-gone Sarah Logan versus the team of Team Madness from WCW, which comprised of Medusa, Miss Madness 99, who most of you would know better as Molly Holly, and Gorgeous George, who was uh, a one-time... <laughs> who was a stripper girlfriend of Macho Man who worked a grand total of one match. Cold Heart, who wins and why? Team Madness, reason why? Simple, Medusa. Just Medusa? You, you're going to ignore you're gonna ignore Molly Holly? No, it's just that, you know, here, here's the thing. M- Medusa could beat a lot of men in a shoot. You know, I wouldn't say that about Molly Holly. So... I say Medusa gets a hold of Liv Morgan and German suplexes her into three counties for the pin. Okay. Um, that's, I'm that's, sorry. That's I, I, know, I know there are a lot of people who love Liv Morgan. I brought this up again. I just can't get past the Enzo thing. Can't well, get, aside from she, that. I can't see how beautiful she is. I can't see what other thing talent she has. Because you know what she used to do with Enzo, and that okay. just overwhelms all that. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, so I she takes the that, ball. That that uh that ruined it for me too. Um, I also agree with you on the ending there because just Medusa and you know and and Nora themselves could beat the Riot Squad, just the two of them, and in the handicap match, the two of them could beat the three of them. So, um, to me, that's that's not even. A, a contest like the three of them are not greater than the sum of those two no and i mean we talked about before how molly is one of the most underrated most underutilized women's wrestler of all time oh yeah so, she mean she's she's still my favorite women's wrestler of all time I and mean, she's extremely underrated when people talk about you know women's wrestling in general yeah <coughs> And she was, and she was game for pretty much anything. Yeah. So, she was involved, which I yeah shocked that she did. It was her idea too. Yeah. And she had them cakes. Um. So we agree on that. Okay. All right. And I like your reason, you know. And then you probably, and you're right. You know, Medusa would have manhandled, for lack of a better word, um, live and. 
Sarah Logan not powerful enough to make up for just being out wrestled by those two. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, wrestling fans around the world, that will do it for this episode of Breaking Ring Rust. I am your host, Rocky Mr. Magic. He is the Cold Heart JT, and we want to thank you for listening. And we could not do this. Jig Nation could not do this alone, not without you supporting us. So we ask you to please rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Google Podcasts, and more. If you cannot find us, let us know. Send us an email at jignation.com. I'm sorry, at jignation at gmail.com. Uh, or message us on Facebook at jignation.com. Also, if you like to hear other type of content that we produce, check out the original Jig podcast. Um, also on those aforementioned networks. And you can also catch episodes on our YouTube page. Again, just search Jig Nation in your Google machines. So, search your Google machine. Until next time, get yourselves over, Marks. <laughs>